GameZillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock the Dino Nine. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome to the Games Little Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me at Seattle PAX West 2019, Craig WK. Thanks for having me, Grim. Absolutely. This is uh, episode 200. 76 of the GameZilla podcast, and it's a very special episode as we are not in the studio. We may sound a little bit different, may not be the perfect audio that you always get every week, um, <laughs> but we are in our hotel room here in Seattle, uh, Washington for PAX West. We've been here for three days now, and we wanted to uh, record a very special episode to kind of talk about some of the cool things we've been able to do. We've really gotten some some hands-on time with some of the big games that a lot of people are, are probably wondering about. And, uh, you know, we've had some really just really fun experiences while we've been here. So yeah. um, we're going to we're gonna get into that. But before we do, Craig's going to tell us about our favorite people, our patrons. Yeah, so thanks again to all our patrons who support GameZilla Media. Now, if you listen to GameZilla show and that's it, you might not know who I am, but I'm on quite a few other shows on the GameZilla Media Network, and there's a lot of benefits for joining our Patreon page. You have early access to the GameZilla show. You have, of course, you can influence the show. And for $5 a month, you also get uh, bonus content. From GameZilla, it's, you know, the uh, pre-show. But for all our other shows on the network, you get a, a bonus monthly show as well. So make sure to uh, go ahead and support GameZilla Media over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Even giving as low as $1 a month gives you some cool perks, and it really helps us out. It means the world to us. All right, you did a pretty good job with that, so now I'm going to let everybody know who you are. Okay, That was a test. If you did, if you did bad, then we weren't even going to bother. But Craig WK, if you don't know who Craig WK is, then I don't really think you know what Games Little Media is because Probably. he's involved in everything. So we thought, hey, let's bring him along to PAX West, and that way we can trick him into being on Games Little Podcast, and then he'll be technically doing a little bit of everything everywhere. Wow, yeah, because I've been a guest on even Last Action Podcast. There you go. Uh, now I'm on GameZilla, which is great. Uh, now, for those who are not as familiar, I'm on Noobs and Dragons, which Grimlock was also on. So make sure to check out the first season of that. And then, of course, Legend of Retro and Noiseland Arcade. Yeah, and, and you're not just on Noobs and Dragons. You're, you, are the, you are Noobs and Dragons. You're the, you're the DM. You're yep. all the voice work. You're the story, the world. Everything comes out of your mind. So um, about the only thing it did is like our character creation and then obviously our decision making mm -hmm. um, throughout, the, throughout season one, which is what I was part of. And now you're on season two with a whole new group. If you've ever wanted to hear Grimlock suffer beyond imagination, make sure to check out season one of Noobs and Dragons. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> First five episodes, you'll understand uh, what's going on. But yeah, anyway, so we're we're here in Seattle. It's been uh, you know it's been an awesome trip. We're kind of winding down, and we wanted to uh, we wanted to go over some things. So I think first, let's just cover some simple stuff here. This is Craig WK's first ever PAX. So I've never been to a single PAX before this one. I, my only big convention aside from this was Gen Con a few years ago. Yeah. 
so we knew that this was going to be um, a big deal, you know, for for him. And PAX West is one of the biggest. Like you got PAX East in Boston, and you have PAX West in Seattle, mm-hmm. and they're both very large. So oh, yeah. um, this was a cool one to to have you be your first PAX because I think it, I think the just the grand size scale of everything really is um, is just it can break a person almost, but why don't you just tell us like your first thoughts? Like when, you know, when we got here, the city of Seattle, I think definitely grabbed you because I, you know, you were doing a lot of social media posting just about like the, the weather and the views and stuff like that. But, but how about like when you walked into the convention center for the first time and you started to realize, Oh, Oh, this is a, this is a big deal. Yeah. So, I mean, Seattle is a gorgeous city. Seattle is, is wonderful. The weather's beautiful. It's, it gets real gray and I love it because it matches my heart. But uh, so we, we walk into the, the convention center and, you know, we're going up all these escalators. And honestly, the setup made it so that it was sort of easier to digest because, like, we go up all these escalators and we turn the corner and we get into a big showroom. And, it, and you know, Grim's like, hey, how you feeling? And I'm like, man, this is pretty big. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, OK, this isn't this is big, but it's not too big. And then we go into another chamber the same size as the last one. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty big. And then we like have the, you know, like we keep going through all these big giant rooms and like there are other floors with all this other stuff. And so if I had known it was all that big all at once, I'd have no clue what to do. If Grim was just like, where are we going first, Craig? I'd have been like, oh, man, here, you know, I would have no clue. But it, it was, it was easy enough to digest because you couldn't tell how big it was. Because, you know, a human mind can only perceive so much. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was, uh, it was, it's not like PAX East. PAX East is just this one hall that just, you just look and it just mm-hmm. goes forever and it really starts to wear on you. I think being broken up a little bit, like you said, yeah. does help here. And I think that it kind of overtakes the city and, and you start to see that every hotel has different things going on in the, in different floors and um you know every bar turns into a a sponsored bar uh-huh. for the weekend and stuff like that so you know we we got to do a lot of things and obviously let's let's kind of start this out here is that you you know this is your first packs we came out here but we didn't just come out here you know because we wanted to right, right. and so we got invited by um CS Mott Children's Hospital and uh, JJ the the you know the the head uh, tech over there w- working with uh, the kids and, and building this whole accessibility and just yeah. and, and this healing with video games and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we've been working with CS Mott and, and we also donated the carts to, yeah. to the Ann Arbor Hospital and really built a relationship with them. So mm-hmm. they're the ones that reached out to us and said, hey, would you like to come to Seattle with us? So, oh, yeah. It was super nice of them to invite us because we got to do some really cool things and see some awesome stuff and so I'm, I'm glad we get to talk about this because yeah. it's that it's probably about the most exciting thing all these new video games coming out that's great but you know like what we got to see at microsoft yeah so that's and that's what this is that lead in right is that yeah. we uh so we accepted the invitation and as we accept the invitation we learn more and more that uh you know child's play the charity that uh is here at pa- every pax that, that i've i've interacted with in the mm-hmm. past i didn't realize the impact they have yeah. on so much, mm-hmm. but um, they were the ones that kind of orchestrated all of this for us, for CS Mott, for for other children's hospitals that traveled from all around the country to come here. This oh weekend. yeah, yeah. And so what we get are told like two days before we leave is that the Microsoft trip is trip 
trip is going down. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, well, do you want to go to Microsoft? And I'm sitting and it like clicks in my head. I go, wait a minute. The world headquarters of Microsoft is in Washington. It's in, you know, it's, it's not in Seattle. It's in, um, wow. My mind just went uh, Redmond. Yeah, right? Redmond. Thank you. Uh, and so I'm like, uh, yeah, absolutely. What, why are we going to Microsoft? You know? <laughs> And, you know, they let us know. They're like, well, Xbox is there and their accessibility lab is there. And so they were doing a tech tour. Yeah. Like, yeah. A 100% I would love, we would love to attend. So they're like, great. It's on Thursday at 1.30 p.m. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and I'm thinking in my head about when, you know, when we're flying out and when we're landing. Yeah. And, and I know I've been here before, like you. So I know the 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 travels you know the travel system through the yeah. through the link rail and how you know how long it's going to take to get to Seattle and then we got to get it to our hotel and then we got to find you know these people from from Children's Hospital so that we can jump in a car with them and yeah. then drive a 30 minute drive cuz again <laughs> yeah. it's not in Seattle and so I'm like oh man um this is going to be a challenge and sure enough we you know we get we get to the airport at like God, what was it? Four a.m. Oh yeah, four a.m. Thursday. It was. Uh, I I think it was like three thirty, four a.m. Something brutal. like that. Yeah. And so we get there. We you know we fly out at six, and we get to our layover in Vegas, mm-hmm. and we you know only spend an hour there. Get on our plane, get to Seattle. We drop in around eleven thirty. Yeah, we we actually uh, we were supposed to be quite a bit earlier, and then I think happen. they threw they they were off on their yeah. time. We were like maybe five minutes early than what we were supposed to be, and they're yeah. like, "Well, we're here in uh, you know Seattle early," and it's like, "All right, let's roll," and we like grabbed our stuff and just bolted. Yeah, so we bolt and we got that we got we got to get to the link light rail. Yep, we get there, forty five minute trip on that to get into the city. Long story short, we get to our hotel, which is which. Thankfully, um, the Andrew from CS Mott was uh, nice enough to meet us there. Oh, that was awesome! Because and if so, we had to go run somewhere else, I don't know if we would have yeah. made it. So we get there; he's already in the lobby for us. We go check our bags because our room's not ready, and we literally just hop in an Uber with him and you know and take off, head head to Microsoft. We get to Microsoft, and the campus is unreal. It's like. It was gorgeous. Immaculate. Beautiful. So I'm a soccer player. So, of course, we're walking into the campus area, and right in the center of campus is just a soccer field for employees Mm -hmm. to play soccer on break. I'm like, this is cool. We get inside. You know, they get us all situated and um, get us our badges and everything, and and I still don't really know what we're getting into. I know the the controller is the big focus point, right? The Xbox adaptive controller is, is the big focus point around this. So I'm like, okay, well... And they keep mentioning Bryce, and so we get we get uh, Bryce comes out and meets us. Bryce is is working for Xbox, and um, you know, do you have his full his full name at hand or no? Uh, no, I don't have his full name okay. on hand. I, I was I, I was introduced to him as Bryce, and yeah. in, I immediately felt like we were close enough that I did not need to call him uh, by his last right. name because he was the nicest guy. Oh man, he's yeah, super super kind. So uh, Bryce comes out introduces himself um you know brings us into the office and we get to go uh to the cafeteria or to the to the little cafe area first uh-huh. pick out some drinks you know get comfortable and that's when they lead us down the hallway of this this beautiful green with xbox and studio you know, b studio b and we're um you know i'm being the it nerd that i am i'm pointing to the ceiling and craig's like uh what i'm like look at it and he's like yeah there's a bunch of wires and i'm oh hey look at that my computer's mad at me 
Um, we're just going to, uh, yeah, we're going to ignore that. Sorry, guys. If you didn't remember, we're recording from a hotel room, and I'm not on my normal equipment, so I apologize. <laughs> um, but anyways, the uh, the cool thing was is that we're the reason why I'm mentioning the uh, the wiring and stuff like that is because we um, I work in IT, and they had these just cages that were lined going down down this where we're heading, right? It's just hundreds of Cat6 cable perfectly ran. I mean, the cleanest runs you've ever seen, if you know what I'm talking about when it comes to running Ethernet cords and stuff like that. High, all, high speed data transfer cords, okay? It's, it's all wires to me. Yeah, Great. and I'm just looking at it and I'm like, I just want to work here because they do things right. Like, that was basically <laughs> my thought. I was like, this is the cleanest thing I've ever seen. You know, I work in server rooms every day and, and I've seen plenty of data centers and just, you know, people making things work however yeah. they can. So, anyways. Side rant. We get in. We get to these double doors. Scans his badge, opens the door, and it's like. So again, we're in like plain whites, and then it would transition into green with Xbox information on it. But it just it felt like lab, yeah. right? Felt like very like. Should I have a Should I have a lab coat on? Yeah, like the white button up coat. Yeah. Do you need to like you know like Do I need to go through like a cleaning room? Get and a hazmat like, suit. Yeah, on. hazmat. Right. So then these double doors open, and it just transitions into this the most colorful welcoming room I have ever walked into in my life. It looked like any person's like game room, like, like yeah. bright colors, nice furniture, right? but real, just, real comfy looking. It looked very, very lived in. If that yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. And what we basically walked into is a, is a sensory room. Yeah. And basically the 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 color of the carpet, the color of the furniture, the, the way the walls were, everything served purpose is basically how we were told and so this is where a lot of their work is done when it comes to working with people with you know with special with a need right with a, yeah. with a disability or something and and, and they want to work with them to try to understand how they can help them in gaming and that's when we, we I, I instantly realized where I was like this is not just about a controller this is about well beyond the controller it's about everything that plugs into that controller mm-hmm. it's about the people it's a you know like Bryce and his team and Xbox are really going above and beyond mm-hmm. no one else I don't want to say no one else but like out of a company like Xbox or PlayStation or Nintendo no one else is doing what Xbox is doing not that they've revealed to the public that, at right. least you and know so you know there's plenty of groups out there that are making great devices that work along with this adaptive controller and things like that but you know this is all about accessibility and focusing on and this is the this was cool we learned the challenges we learned all mm-hmm. these things that uh, we spent about an hour and a half there yeah, an I think hour that, and a half two hours yeah I think it was a, around an hour and a half give yeah. or take and so we learned a lot about like what what the challenges are for Xbox, what yeah. the challenges are for these users, what the cha- or for these gamers, what the challenges are for these these members at the hospital. What was the name of the program they were using uh, that allowed simultaneous play between controllers? Uh, was that co-op or what was the name of that? Do you remember? Because that was a, a, a really big thing is he, that Bryce was saying is that, you know, for, for somebody who has a hard time with games, e- even uh, uh, for just parents and kids, you know, they're able to, to, you know, play the game together because one kid will like the kid will control like shooting and jumping, the kind of exciting stuff. And the, the you know, the parent who's playing with them or or older sibling or, or you know, whatever the case may be 
is able to to go ahead and and control the movement. Uh, you know, some of the more awkward to control stuff, aiming things like that. Uh, I thought that was really cool. That you know, even something as simple as that, that simultaneous play is is a really great way to play with somebody who who has a hard time playing games. You know, so, somebody who maybe you know has a hard time grasping the controller and can only get a few buttons. Uh, you were close. It's co-pilot. Co-pilot. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, co-pilot was was really cool to see. And I mean, the the big thing that you know I, I took away from it was you know it, it it sounds weird, but when you look at your two hands, it's mm. we've had it too good for too long. You know, it, controllers are designed for people with two fully functioning hands that have the strength to lift the controller. Yeah. And so, what happens when you get kids, whether they be you know, sick or whether they, you know, have some kind of, you know, uh, issue where they're unable to use them. Yeah, Yeah. you know, exactly. You know, whether it's temporary or whether it's permanent, you know, those kids, those people, those adults, whoever, they're not able to use a controller like we would. Right. You know? And I think that was the, that was the most, um, that's where my, my attention really like focused in was when, you know, Bryce sat down and he held up uh, an Xbox controller, Mm -hmm. just a standard Xbox one controller. And he said, we had to learn that this was the problem. Yeah. And he was holding the controller. And I was like, you know, and he starts to talk about, he's like, we, we have all learned that to play a game, it's with this, this mm-hmm. device. And not everybody can use this device. Yeah. And we've, we know, obviously the uh, adaptive controller we have heard about, we, and we've seen the commercials, the Super Bowl oh, yeah, ad. The Super Bowl ad and stuff. Yeah, really, yeah. really, really moving. Um, and, you know, we've uh, seen other smaller companies like Evil Controllers or or uh, Scuff or Cinch doing some some cool accessible yeah. uh, adaptations of their devices. But you know, it's crazy to hear Xbox sit back and talk about how their controller is the problem, and then how they had to sit there and work and convince executives and stuff like that on to to a business person it's probably a hard sell yeah. you know and, but, and it shouldn't be you know you, you you think empathetically and you think why is this a hard sell well it's hard to sit there and say hey this is our controller that we've had for three generations you know and uh, this is the problem um <laughs> yeah. but not for the 95 percentile right which it's, is what you're exe- which is what your higher up is caring about there you know they want to yeah. make a product that hits that hits the major market that mm-hmm. hits you know that that covers the sweet spot of your market yeah you know and the other five percent unfortunately is this is what we're working with right we're trying to say hey we need to include everyone. We need to make sure that we can offer a solution to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And so that was that was really cool. And hearing some of the stories, I and mean, we're not, we won't get into full detail on this because uh, we have talked to Bryce, and we are working with Xbox PR to see if we can get an interview. Uh, oh, yeah, set hopefully up, sometime set soon up with yeah. Bryce. Yeah. So you know, we're, that's still in the works. No promises just yet, but we are we are trying to make it happen. He seemed to be very uh, excited about it. So you know, if if it can if it can happen, I would love it because. His stories were fantastic. Oh, they were great. And the only thing I wanted to touch on otherwise is the other program they had where it was like combining controllers, where like you had uh, like uh, a couple of switches right. down by your knee and you could bump it left, bump it right, and that's steering left or right. Oh, yeah, we could still talk. I just yeah. mean I'm not going to keep diving into into, sure, his, right. into his stories. Yeah. But uh, you and I got to play Rocket League. 
without hands with no controller yeah, yeah no, no 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 real no controller as what we're used to right it was and a pedal a foot pedal on the ground <laughs> yep. and the the two bumpers near your knee yep uh, and, and and my giant thick leg was was had a little bit of hard time I would have needed to space it a bit to actually sure. play better but uh and then there was like a switch behind you where you could lean back in your chair yeah and it gave you the jump yes in so Rocket it League. was like a little ball that rested on the back of your neck and it's, yeah, it was so weird. It was so it was so cool. Yeah, it was awesome because it it I, I loved the fact that the 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 people in the lab, you know, were like, okay, they need to be able to steer. They need to be able to accelerate. That's what they have. This is what we're getting, you know, giving them. And the kids that would try it out were like, yeah, but why isn't there a jump? And so they had to like scramble to figure out how to get the jump yeah. going, which is the switch behind. Yeah, and the interesting, you know, the other thought that they had with when working with developers was, well, how how fun is your game if someone can't do everything in your game, right? That was that was that that question, and so Rocket League was a great example. Is that mm-hmm. I can drive, I can still score goals, yep. I can play defense, and I and you know, yes, maybe I can't sit there and jump in the air and boost and do aerial tricks. Mm-hmm. But I can still have fun with your game. Absolutely, and so that's the challenge that like places like Xbox are pushing onto the developer to mm-hmm. think about. Um, and yeah, so when I played Rocket League with my leg and my neck, um, it was weird how instantly my brain started to think about how I could do things. So right out the gate, I'm steering with my knee, with the two paddles mm-hmm. on each side, and I'm holding. And it was a Rock Band foot pedal that I was using, right? Uh-huh. And so I'm sitting there accelerating with that. And so I'm like, I know I can jump, but if I jump and then hold my, you know, like I missed the ball, right? Yeah. So if I jump and hit my knee while I'm in the air, I can spin 180. And when I, and when I land, the camera will auto spin for me, right? Uh-huh. Because the camera was not, um, it was deadlocked onto the front of my car. It wasn't the free look um, or the ball cam or whatever they call it. And so, um, I was doing. I was starting to practice that, where I would purposely miss the ball and then jump in the air and spin around and then land in front of my own goal to then be staring right at the ball so that I yeah. could then attempt to make a save. And yeah, it was quickly. I was quickly. I wasn't great, right? Like sure, I would sure. definitely take some time, but I was quickly adapting to it. And that's again where I was like, man, someone that needs this type of setup could really have fun with this game still. And that oh, yeah. was that was the point where, like. I've seen some people like I follow. I have a couple people that are, you know, I consider friends in the streaming world and stuff like that that um, had lost limbs in in the you know army or in the military. Yeah. And um, you know, I watch them play Call of Duty, and and, and I'm and I'm amazed at the things that they can do. Mm-hmm. But I've never actually had to try it. Right. I've yeah, never, there's yeah. never been a setup where like I could just put my hands on my lap and say, okay. Let's try this. Well, the, the the big thing for that is a lot of that stuff is really expensive. And yeah. Microsoft is trying their best to try to bring things down in price because, I mean, like, he, he was, you know, I won't get into too many details, but, like, Bryce is showing us, like, some, like, different, like, you know, clickers and stuff. And it's like, okay, well, they seem the same. He's like, yeah, but this one's way more expensive than this one. It's right. like, oh, man. You know, it's, it's, it's a shame that, you know, it is so kind of, you know, kind of a niche thing yeah. that, you know, a lot of these people developing it, Maybe not on purpose, but you know they're they're able to charge whatever they want, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, and that is definitely one of the challenges that they're fighting. Uh, both both the you know people at the hospitals that are tr- they're using this technology, yeah. and Xbox themselves working with these groups. So it was it was just honestly to start the trip off by having that event. It really put a lot of things in perspective yeah. for us. 
it made me feel proud to uh you know to be able to be supporting the way that we're supporting yeah absolutely and you know um i'm just so i'm super thankful i want to thank bryce and and microsoft and the you know the xbox accessibility tech lab for even opening their doors to us was awesome Um, you know um eric from child child's play and jj from cs mott children's hospital all all these people that made this up this this opportunity for us to experience this with them you know because um it's nothing that I would have ever expected to be able to be included in. So yeah. I, I feel very, um, you know, blessed to, yeah, very to have, yeah, to have that opportunity. So, um, you know, we'll talk more about it in the discord. I'm sure if anybody has questions, they can, they can ask us in the discord. And like I said, if we can get Bryce to, uh, you know, to, Oh yeah. If we get Xbox to, to give us Bryce <laughs> for an hour, um, we will, we will definitely try to set something up with him to, uh, Again, just to get them, just to get the word out and make people realize, like what what an amazing job uh, all of these people are are doing, trying to do right now. Yeah, it's it's incredibly heartening to know that you know we are moving in a into a uh, a direction in the future yeah. where that accessibility is going to be there, and it might not be perfect, it might not be a hundred percent, right? But it is going to be a lot better than nothing. Essentially, you know, Absolutely. it's it's you know it, it's very awesome, you know. Now, uh, Grim, that was our, our sort of our first day. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we, we, you know, of course, PAX wasn't technically open on Thursday, you know, so we, uh, uh, well, or was it open and we just didn't go? No, it wasn't open yet. It wasn't open yeah. yet. So, uh, uh, you know, the rest of that evening, we, you know, pretty much took it easy, right? We set up the recording area that yeah. we're sitting in now, kind of, kind of just built out our, our, when you're, when you're doing these types of, th- you know, these types of events, you're, your hotel room really becomes your work area. So we were, uh-huh. we were moving the tables and the couches and trying to, you know, figure out where the best, where the wall plugs were and how we could really kind of <laughs> yeah. rig the room to support what we're doing. So, um, we got that all t- and take care of and then, you know, kind of just chilled out and went to bed and, and, uh, got up Friday for the first day of PAX yep. and, you know, we already talked about your initial reaction walking into that convention hall and, and starting to see all of the names that you've grown up with. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, seeing the giant signs hanging from the ceiling of Nintendo and Capcom and PlayStation and all, you know, all these, all these just giants, giants just sitting next to each other. Oh, yeah. Juggernauts of the industry, <laughs> right, essentially. Right. So, um, you know, day one, we're, we're in there, we're... Uh, we went through so it's weird that we came here with i don't want to say weird i'm sorry that's just a poor choice of words it's a it's a coincidence that we came here with uh cs mods and 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 really started to focus on accessibility and, and you know and and so they changed some things around since since even last year, but definitely since last time I've been here because I haven't been to PAX West since 2015. Yeah, and so getting into the getting into the they did it differently. They, they wrap you around the back of the building. They zigzag you. Um, and and it fl- it, the flow was pretty good. Yeah, know? it was not bad. It, it, it bad. didn't feel too crazy. But when I got to the... So when I got to the um, metal detectors, I... Uh, for most of you that know me, or for most of you that follow games, you know that I've uh, had a defibrillator put in me. Uh, pacemaker... If for those of you that don't, you know, aren't sure what it is, it's just it's kind of it does the opposite thing that a pacemaker does. But, um, you know, so I can't walk through these devices, and I got a special card I have to carry, and you know, I need to, I can't be wand, don't wand me, don't let me walk through these things, pat me down with uh-huh. your hands, you know, I'm completely okay with it. I, 
And so I'm doing that, and you know, and they're like, "Hey, how come you didn't go through, you know, the medical line?" And I'm like, "I didn't know I was supposed. You know, I didn't know I was supposed to." Yeah. And they tell me they're like, "Well, you know, um, you know, t- later on today or tomorrow, like go go to the front of the building. You'll see a medical entrance." I'm like, "I saw the medical entrance. It's the same as the media entrance." Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, just talk to one of the people there and tell them, you know, show them your card, tell them and stuff, and they'll give you a medical badge." And I was like. And I never thought in my mind about the medical badge, you yeah. know, like I, I haven't had my situation very long, um, my condition and, you know, so, and I, my function is still good, you know, mm-hmm. so I haven't really thought about it, but you know, when I do stand for long periods of time or things like that, the medications I'm on and stuff do have side effects and I do, yeah. you know, I do have to watch, um, you know, I have to be careful with things. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm, and we went and talked to him and sure enough, it was like, Oh, absolutely here. You know, here's this. And they asked, you know, if obviously if Craig was with me uh, and I was like, you know, cause no, people, he's not <laughs> a lot of people, you know, having to have someone to, to assist them. And, you know, and if something was to happen to me, Craig would be the one that I would believe would be taking action, you know? So yeah, yeah. I, I, and, I take action for you, buddy. Don't <laughs> you worry. Yeah. No, I feel, I feel real, I feel real secure now. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so, you know, it's the first time it was weird though. I felt weird about it, but I, but I also appreciated that they, a lot of people and a lot of people like recognized it and were trying to take care of me. Yeah. And so, this has never happened at another event. I've been to plenty of packs, you know, but I've never, you know, and I've shown my card and I've told them I can't do this. And I've been to, you know, LCA and other events that had metal detectors I had to get around. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've never really been treated badly. Well, I've been treated where someone didn't know what they were doing and it scared me because, right. because they were still walking up with wands and stuff. And I was backing off like, no, no, no. Um, but I've never been treated badly, but I've never been treated like, where someone wanted to try to make my experience better, right? Yeah, no, they seemed, everyone seemed really cool. You yeah. know, everyone was real chatty with you about it and was yeah. like, no, 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 don't worry about it and everything. Right, and very, very reassuring and it felt good, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's, I guess my whole point I'm making, and, and there's a little bit more to this story, but I don't want to like get into it until we get into the games. Um, but it's just weird that here we are in Seattle and we started this, we started this whole trip because of helping kids and, yeah. and, and trying to help people that need special, you know, special attention and mm-hmm. special adaptation on, on devices and stuff. And then all of a sudden day one of packs, I'm, I, I'm, I'm getting, I'm feeling that. Yeah. Right. And that's great because I see people that, you know, are in powered vehicles or are missing limbs or are mm-hmm. right. You know, they're, they're, they're at the show and they love, and they're here because they're a gamer. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to know that they're, they're, well, and I guess I don't know for sure, but I would assume uh-huh. that they're getting that same type of, of attention and focus from this convention that yeah. I just did. So I don't know. It just was, it felt good, you know? Yeah. And so, so needless to say, we got into the show and, um, and we went back into the show after kind of that because we did that around lunchtime. And I think so. When yeah. We were walking out. I was like, hey, you know, let's just stop by and ask these people what what the morning person told us to. Well, we basically the first part of our first our first day inside packs was just us wandering around and looking at what everything was. Yeah. So we did that initial sweep through, and we kind of made mental notes. We're like, hey, we really would like to play Borderlands Three. Yeah. We really want to check out Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh-huh. Hey, this is you know, if we can get into Zelda, that would be even even cooler. Oh yeah. Um. 
you know, and so we went, like you said, we went through the main floor and then the upper floor, which had even more indies and stuff in it. And, mm-hmm. and we, uh, we did all sorts of stuff. So we went from, from AAA games like Borderlands 3 to things like the Playmate, which is the new little handheld that's being made by, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, by the creators of Firewatch. You know, really weird device. But, you know, we did all sorts of, of uh, reco- reconnaissance and, yeah. and um, made, a, made a list. Friday, though, we did, uh, we, were, we ended up being able to do a few things. So we started off with some indie stuff, right? We went over to the indie corner, yeah. the little indie alley. And uh, you got to play um, a couple games that you hopped on that looked pretty cool. And and let's be honest, the thing, the trend that we're still seeing, everything's coming to the Switch. Oh yeah, I My saw goodness. tons of stuff coming to the Switch. In fact, the the I think the first game I played around with, we saw that there was no line, and like somebody was like, "Oh, are you gonna play?" And I was like, well, "And you were like, yeah, jump on, Craig." So I was like, "All right." And it was Skellboy. Skellboy, yeah, yeah, Skellboy, which is from it has a the developer has a uh, funny name. I have it uh, written down here. Skellboy is from Uma Umaiki Umaiki you, Games. You gave it a you get you attempted it, uh, but yeah, I, I think you're I think you're pretty damn close. Yeah. So uh, Skellboy is this weird like adventure game where when you kill zombies and and monsters and skeletons and stuff you can get pieces of them that you put on yourself yeah really really weird so like at one point i had like a zombie chest and like a skull you know for a head and like when you went to a you know a door it was like no you're a monster no only humans allowed and so you know i I went wandering around and the it, it was very interesting and i love the retro aesthetics of course yeah the only issue I had with the game is it felt very slow. Yeah. There was no run button, at least not designed yet. And so it was just sort of me softly trotting around. But it was someone else's demo that I picked up. So, you know, there is it, it was kind of frustrating because it was, there weren't that many enemies. So it's, it's not like I can blame them for that. But I will say I went backwards instead of forward and fell into like a pit. And I couldn't figure out how to get out of it. And I think that I soft locked the game. So I don't know. I'm sure that after, you know, demos and stuff, they'll they'll clear that up, of course. But, uh, you know, it, it was the, the only beef I had with the game is that it was slow. But aside from that, it it was kind of fun. It, it's definitely a game that's on my radar now. Yeah, it was uh, it looked really cool. I like the the art style reminded me of like Paper Mario. As far as the way oh, it like yeah. flipped and stuff like very, that. Very, very like like a, a flat rendered sprites yeah. and stuff. But still trying to live in somewhat of a 3D world. So oh, yeah. that was it was cool. Um you know, and I walked around, I got to see some of the groups that I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. You know, Super Meat Boy was there yeah. and uh, we got to see um, Mega Cat Studios and you know, and a lot of some of the some of the Michigan developers and stuff like that. Uh, Bite the Bullet was their game that they're that they're showcasing right now, uh, which looked cool. But the game that I that I was so excited that it was there. It was your pinball hack and slash, right? My pinball hack and slash. So Creature in the Well is what it's called, and it uh, it just recently got some focus from um, the Nindies or the Indies. Nintendo Indie World or whatever their last event was, but yeah. um, it's been around in the Nintendo scene for a little bit, uh, and it sounded really weird. You know, it's this hack and slash pinball game, and I had just you know I just recently finished up Yoku's Island Adventure, which was that which was a pinball Metroidvania hybrid. Okay, so and that was a lot of fun. I so moving into this, I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, they were there, and uh, we were we, again we were early, so they're. Uh, it wasn't a giant line, so I hopped in and I got to play, and I, I played through the entire demo. Uh, the music was great, the the visuals were fantastic, and the concept 
works. The concept is cool. Um, and so that, you know, that was the big question is like, this looks cool, but I, we don't understand. You don't understand yeah. what the game is. So this, it's, you are this, this, uh, robot, this, and you're called an engineer and you are going through this level, um, trying to kind of power up this device is kind of what you're doing. And so these, these orbs pop up and you can hit them with a weapon. You will pick up different weapons. You start with a pipe, but then you'll get a sword and things like that. But, yeah. and they just cause you to hit these items harder, cause more damage, you know, uh, and what, what you can kind of do is, yes, you can hit one and just kind of, it'll bounce and you can even ricochet it as it comes back to you, but you can charge up and, and kind of like, like absorb the orbs mm-hmm. uh, and then blast them all out at once type deal. So like there'll be some things where it's like this like generator needs 10,000 lightning uh, damage to turn on. So like you'll, you'll build a bunch up and then you'll just slam them all into this yeah. thing and it'll just start to really build. And again, the sound effects, the music all build up to it. And uh, the visuals all tie in where you're like, you know, be running over a bridge and all of a sudden underneath it in the blackness, you'll see two eyes open up and then a hand start to like reach for you and you run across the bridge and then, you know, keep moving on. Well, you know, what you quickly learn is that you're not really, at least in the demo, you're not really actually trying to attack things with your, with your moves. You're trying to activate switches and move and move things so that it shuts down what seem to be defenses you know? yeah it was, looked really interesting i i did love the skeletal arms reaching up and stuff yeah, and yeah. like you know it like the 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 aesthetics of the game were really cool yeah. uh because that was a game that uh grim played and i just sort of was sitting there watching right and uh yeah like it like the the balls of light bounce around you can hit them a bunch and charge them up yeah. and there's a, a one of the weapons you got allowed you to aim where they were going to get thrown yes. yeah which was cool yeah, so you got perks on the items that you would pick up mm-hmm. that would give you a little more flexible, you know, f- functionality to things. So the demo was fun. I it comes out next Friday, I think. Like oh, that soon or, or not? Well, I shouldn't even say next Friday with the way that we're recording this. It's coming out Friday, like coming <laughs> right. up. Yeah. So I'll be grabbing it day one on the Switch. It's it's a lot of fun. I want to know the demo doesn't te- the demo really leaves you on a cliffhanger and you really still don't know what's going on. Uh-huh. So I'm at that point now where I'm like, oh man, I want to get past this point. And so uh, yeah, we. Um, you know, we were able to play that. I was able to talk to the art director. We got all the information from him to uh, set up an interview. Yeah, so yeah. that is something that I'm going to work on because this is definitely a game I care about and would love to give a little bit more exposure to. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll leave it at that. I won't get any more details. But um, anybody that was excited for Creature in the Well or was or was had questions about it, just be ready. It, it's fun. Oh yeah, and I think you should definitely uh, pick it up. So that was the the indie area that we really enjoyed. Uh, we went upstairs to more indies and that's when we found the playmate oh yeah that was so weird so <laughs> that had to be the weirdest thing that i think we interacted with at pax so it's its own <laughs> little system and, and it is absolutely probably the weirdest thing we saw so it's its own little system and it has a crank on it and so you know grim and i are going going around looking around and the line at that time was not very long and so i told grim i'm like well you know it's not very long this thing looks kind of weird let's check it out and, you know, so we hop in line and luck, lucky we did because like within a few minutes, like the line exploded and there was tons of people behind us. So I was like, OK, cool. So we get in and it's apparently there's going to be what? Uh, Twelve. Uh, one game a month. Is it for a year? It was like 12 games coming to this little thing over over a year. So yeah, a one year. game a month. And basically the cost of what which they wouldn't tell us what the cost was, but the right. cost of the device factors in that you're buying that a season, which is 12 months 
one game one game a month. Yeah, and so the the weird. I mean, this little device has like Wi-Fi and and like you know Bluetooth and whatever. So like it, it connect it can connect to the internet and download these extra games in the future and stuff. So the really weird thing though is the whole premise, at least for this one game they had on demo, used no buttons really. It just used this crank, and it reminded me almost of a like a Game and Watch type thing like an yes, old school yes. you know old timey you know uh, uh, little tiny portable games uh, game system that sounds weird considering it's just one game or whatever but you know so you know this in this demo it's like you're like, you're like Tin Man and you you go like <laughs> you crank it and he starts running and so like a fishing think of it like a fishing reel like yeah a, yeah, yeah. Like that's it's so weird that it's on the side of this device, but that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so you crank it a bunch, you hit a butterfly, and you like, you're dead. And it's like, all right. So you start over, and the whole gimmick is that you're trying to run to your date. You know, you're can late we, for yeah, a date. Can we correct this? Uh, the first time you play this, you just, you die. And you're like, what was that? Yeah. You know, you're like, what, ki- what killed me? And then you start to realize, oh, wait, it's a butterfly. I, the can't, butterfly. I can't hit that. Nobody ever suspects the butterfly. Yeah. So you, you crank it a bunch, and then you get to the butterfly, and you realize, oh, there's a flower on the ground. And like in the animation of you running, you stop and you smell the flower and keep running. So the gimmick is that you stop there, smell the flower. Let the butterfly pass, and then you keep cranking and running, and you hop over pipes. And there's like a pipe that you can jump up on top of, and an enemy goes like underneath you. And you just keep doing that, and new, new, and more things keep trying to kill you. Like yeah. more butterflies go flying by, and you jump onto this railing, and your body separates, and you have to like time it just right to let them through. And then eventually, there's like a pig, and I don't know how to stop the pig. So the if trick, I could, yeah, the trick with the pig was you actually had to rewind all the way back to your house close the door and then the pig would go behind the house and then you would run out. Oh, okay. Now, when I did it, I must have waited too long because the pig came back out. So when I ran and bolted, another, like, a pig was there and I was like, oh, son of a... Ah. Yeah, because that's the trick is that you have to time it perfect because then the pig turns around and then starts chasing you. <laughs> so then you have to outrun it. So, um, weird game. Strange. And it was all controlled by the by the crank wheel on the side. You weren't using the D-pad or the, or the face button. Yeah, there was also an A and B button, I think. There was, we didn't use it for this game, yeah. but it was it was there, I well, think. Well, that's what I mean. You had a D-pad and you had an A and B button. Right, right. But for this game was just being ran by the uh, by the, the side crank device. It and reminds me of something that maybe, like, I don't know, someone with kids would like, like younger kids. See, I, can't I don't admit. know. I, I think younger kids nowadays would find this stupid. Like, that, that's... That un- could be. That's my... Like, I mean, you're talking about kids now that, like, how young do you think kids are when they get a smartphone? Yeah, that's so the, true. You know, so I feel like this is more like like I appreciated this more, and I think we watched kids, right? We watched a couple families come in there with the, you know the mm-hmm. parents playing it and the kids playing. The kids lost interest pretty quick. Yeah, the kids had a hard time with it, and yeah. I mean, God, even we were having a hard time because there was like a point where I was like, at the start, I was like, "What is happening?" And you're like, right. "Watch out for the butterfly," and I was like, "Oh, that's what's killing me." Yeah. And then afterwards, you were like. How do you get past this? And I was like, oh, just like get to this certain animation frame and you can like it'll go under you. And it's like, all right, fine. You know, so it was it was almost kind of frustrating yeah. to play. And and I mean, maybe not necessarily in a bad way, just in kind of like a, this is difficult. So I, I don't know who this is for. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's for that's the, this is the problem is that I don't think it, it knows who it's for. I think people like, you know, like us who mm-hmm. find items like this interesting. Yeah would maybe give it a try, you know, like type deal where it's like, I'd buy this device if it was say 50 bucks. Right. And I know it's gonna be more than that, but let's say it's a $50 item. 
Maybe it's eighty because I'm getting this season. Sure, sure. So eighty dollars. But then I probably wouldn't buy it season two. Like that's where I'm yeah. at, right? I would I would buy it because I because I'm curious. I'd play it and find like the quirky fun out of it. Yeah. And then I'd be done with it, you know. And it, that that's my only thing. And I know that the one example they said is like, well, it's going to be really cool because everybody will be on the same page. So when, you know, the month starts, everybody gets the same game. So then everybody will be playing the same game. And then there might be leaderboards and stuff like that, where everybody will be able to compare each other to things. It's like, yeah, yeah, I get it, but it's so hard to bring a device into this world when you have a Nintendo switch and you Uh have this stuff. And let's, let's just say it's a hundred. Let's just, I mean, the thing has Bluetooth. It has Wi-Fi. It has a season pass. It has like, like I can't imagine things not going to be a hundred bucks. I can't believe it'll be less than a hundred dollars. I would like, I would hope it's as cheap as possible to get it into as many hands as possible. And I don't know that they would make enough money to justify it, but I feel like that's the only way it's going to be a decent sell. And I guess when you think of the screen being really, you know, low tech and stuff like that, is that maybe it could be under a hundred bucks? Yeah. I mean, it it is very under a hundred dollars to even stand a chance to like sell at all. Yeah. And so cuz if it's $100, that's that's a third. Uh, sorry, I, I, with with the uh Switch Lite coming out here th- this month, that is half of yeah. a Switch Lite. You know, so it's it that's that's the thing. I don't know how it'll do, but I well, I did appreciate getting hands on with it. It is a really weird thing, so it was very like, gimmicky, but not yeah. necessarily in a bad way. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't it's necessarily just, bad. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. It's I'll, I'll be excited to see what they do with it in the future. Now, uh, aside from that, the the other line we went into was for Borderlands Three, right? Yeah. So, I mean, after that, we had uh, you know we had stopped by the child play booth to kind of say thank oh, yeah. you and, and pick up a few of our our uh, items and that we wanted from them. And I got um, a dinosaur shirt. Yeah, really cool shirt, and you know, talk to them about just what we're doing here type yeah. deal because we're not. You know, a lot of them were like, "Well, we know that you came with CS Mott, but you're not you're not an employee of a, of CS Mott right. Hospital." And you know, so explaining to them that we started with gamers outreach by developing or by raising money to then donate cart uh, gaming carts to CS Mott Children's Hospital in Ann Arbor, and then because of that, we learned about Mott Arcade, mm-hmm. and we started doing the monthly arcades. Yeah. And because of that, we built a relationship with JJ and Connor and Andrew and the group that's uh-huh. there, and you know, really got to uh, know the guys, and so. We're here to support them. Yeah. And we're here, obviously, to do our own thing, too. Mm-hmm. And so that was cool. We, we, you know, we got to meet more people at child, Child's Play beyond just Eric. Yeah, who, everyone you know, was real nice. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I loved everyone we uh, got to meet because we met some of them at the Microsoft thing the day before, but didn't get a chance to chat with them right. very long. Exactly. You know, which was a shame because, you know, everyone was super cool, yeah. you know? So, you know, we, we move on and we're going back downstairs and... I just really wanted to play Borderlands 3. Yeah, pretty much the, the, on that day, we, we hadn't fully dis- committed to anything. And I, in my head, I was thinking like, man, I wonder if we should jump in line for like Pokemon. I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah. And you just sort of stopped. And you're like, let's let's go to the Borderlands line. And I was like, all right, man. Yeah, we yeah. can do that first. I'm like, let's just do it. And so I knew the Borderlands line was wrapping around the uh, the entire exhibit, which was quite large for Borderlands. And I get to the back side and I kind of like... I think that this is the end of the line. Yeah, and so I kind of step up, and uh, you know, and, and uh, Pax Enforcer, what they what they call uh, volunteers there, yeah. um, steps up and is like, "Oh, this is the medical line," and I was like, 
What a coincidence. Well, I was kind of like confused. I was like, what is a first? <laughs> I didn't even think about the fact that we had our medical badges. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is a medical line? Because I've, I've been to plenty of PAXs and yeah. I've never seen a medical line. Yeah. Right. So here, this is that next part of the story that I wanted to talk about without spoiling future story. So I'm like, oh, and I, you know, we flash our medical badges. He goes, oh, okay, perfect. This is where you belong. And I'm like, so I'm confused. What is this? And he's like, well, you have eight people here and then you're into play. And I'm like, I'm like, what? This is awesome. Like, wow. You know, because the biggest, you know, the biggest struggle for me right now is that when I stand so long is that my legs swell up and it's not, you know, and, and, you know, everyone, again, I have, I have a heart condition, right? We don't have to get, we don't have to get into detail, but, um, you know, the meds I'm on are, they're great and they're bad. So, um, you know, so I have some swelling issues I have to be careful about and standing in line, standing for long periods of time is not a great thing for me. So I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like I'm like, is, and so I turn right to the guy. I'm like, is everybody doing this? And he's like, I don't know. I just know that gearbox is. And I was like, well, hell yeah. Gearbox is awesome. (laughs) You know? So we're into play Borderlands three in about like not even 10 minutes. Yeah. It was around 10, maybe a little less. They roll us in there. They, we get on Borderlands three. We start the demo. I pick Beastmaster because I'm really fascinated about this, this, this class. And I think you did as well. I did. Yep. And so, you know, the, all of a sudden the fleas walking by and putting goodie bags right next to us as we're getting ready to play. Uh Like they really had a system in place and I really appreciated it. We play the demo. Okay, so let's let's just stop here. Let's get into Borderlands 3, our thoughts. I shared this in the Discord already, so a lot of people that are part of the Discord already know. Get ready, guys. Borderlands 3 demo was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Now, full disclosure, I played a little bit of Borderlands 1, and I wasn't super into it. I thought it was fun, but it was like a game where I was like, well, I like it, but I don't know that I want to spend the money. I have other games to play. So my big question to you, though, is that Borderlands 1, you played solo? Solo. Well, no, I played with a buddy. It was two you of did. us. You did. Okay, so you did get some co-op. Yeah, the co-op I feel was like, fun. I feel like Borderlands shines with with friends or with or with multiplayer yeah it's solo it's still a, still a great game like i'm not saying you can't enjoy it but again i think borderlands truly shines when you are running with others and so um we're playing the demo uh-huh. and i'm i'm instantly just in in awe of the beauty of the game game looked great and so then i'm playing the Beastmaster, and i have my own you know Creature, mutant, mutant, mutant dog, thing. yeah, uh, skag. I believe. I believe it's a it's a cybernetically enhanced like skag, as I, they call it. I'm not gonna lie. When the the voice would talk and be like, I, like I need to kill something. I thought it was the dog talking, and I was like, dude, this is messed up. Why is this dog talking to me? <laughs> So yeah, you already have you know, and as you level up and stuff, you're you're gonna be able to inc- enhance that, which we didn't get to necessarily. Uh, ah, now I did. I did open up the skill menu and take a look around because oh, I yeah. thought, well, I might as well. I, I'm not as right. invested in this. And so for the Beastmaster, you have like the uh, a path that raises your uh, beast stats. Yeah. There's other things that raise your stats, but I love the fact that it's like, oh, do you just want your like mutant dog to be the scariest thing around? You can raise its health. You can raise its attack. You can do all this stuff. So it was very cool, yeah. uh, all the skill tree stuff. And I love skill trees in, in you know these types of games because it like gives you so much customization. Yeah. And there was a lot. I was pretty impressed with that. Yeah. So 
We had a really good time. We got to the final boss. The final boss was brutal. Oh, I could not beat him to save my life. I got him life. down to literally like 10 health, and he knocked me down, and there wasn't a minion around to get my second wind, and I had to reset, which his power bar filled up. Long story short, I don't like to admit it, but I wasn't able to beat him before the timer ran out on our yeah. demo. Um, but it was a lot of fun. His mechan- The boss's mechanics were really – I mean, it's Gearbox. It's Borderlands. It was really well thought out. It, it was, was fun. Like, and that's the thing about Gearbox. It was funny. It was fun. It was difficult. Like, like the things that make up Borderlands mm-hmm. that we've that we've been concerned about because Borderlands has been gone for oh, quite a while. I uh, haven't had a new one in a while, and so, you know, it can can they bring the magic back? The answer is one hundred percent yes. Mm-hmm. Like, it was there. I loved it. It was fantastic. I wanted. I, I almost wanted to do the demo again, but I didn't want to. Um, kind of silly your experience when you get the game no not that i i was gonna say i didn't want to um misuse the medical badge right like oh, sure, I, I was sure. very appreciative that it was there i got to experience what i wanted to experience they gave me my goodie bag and i got my bandit mask which is what i wanted <laughs> and i got to enter in to win an xbox one x that was all painted up like borderlands 3 i don't think i won it but i got you know i got to do all of that and walk out pretty painlessly and like mm-hmm. i was like that was amazing that was an awesome experience yeah not even if the game like overall i just felt so good because i was you know the, the way they treated us again and all this stuff it just it all around was a great experience yeah. so um and that's when i started to notice that the you know yes the medical badge gets me into the show uh in less of you know a painful way but also other people are trying to build around it again accessibility yeah. right you know we're watching people on crutches or because they've hurt themselves or we're oh, watching yeah. people in wheelchairs you know and things like that that are get, able to get in this line and be able to ex- to enjoy something without having to you know s- suffer like there's plenty of people that could not physically wait right in a normal line like that mm-hmm. So, you know, we decided at that point, we're like, okay, let's plan out the things we want to do because, you know, I was going to avoid probably Nintendo completely because of the lines looked insane. Oh, they were Nintendo crazy. was three plus hours and I was like, I can't do it, man. I don't yeah. have a portable chair. You know, I didn't think ahead and bring a portable chair or something like that that would have at least helped a little bit. I'm like, I just can't, I can't stand for three hours for a 30 minute demo of something. Yeah. There's no way. And so we we noticed that Nintendo had these things called um, warp passes, warp, warp pipes, warp pipes, warp pipe. Yeah, you know, play off of Mario. And so we walk up to the Pokemon area, and we're like, "Hey, what is this warp pipe about?" And you know, like we were over at Gearbox, and they had a medical line. Is your warp is warp pipe your medical line? And they're like, "No, warp pipe is uh, is like a it's it's a specialty line, and I don't know why." <laughs> I don't know what else it's for, but they said, but because you have a medical uh, card, you can go talk to them. And what they'll do is they'll give you a sheet of paper with a time on it. And then you come back at that time and we'll put you in right in line where the warp pipe is. Now, the warp pipe was basically at like the like there's 80 percent of the line behind the warp pipe. So you were you were literally going from like a three hour wait to maybe like an hour at most, but probably less than an hour. Yeah. And so. I was like, okay. So we went and talked to them. They give us a sheet. Tell us, come back. You know, it's 10 o'clock. Come back at noon, a couple hours later. And you walk in. They they search you into line. And, and that's it. So we're like, all right, cool. Well, we know this exists. Um, you know, let's 
let's tackle this on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we also on Friday uh, went to the Hyperkin booth. Which was kind of cool. Hell yeah, this is something that, yeah, you had a really good experience with. Yeah, I really did. I, I talked to, uh, I think it was uh, their PR person, uh, Celia, and we got to chat about like products that were you know coming in the future. And uh, the N64 controller, yeah. the wireless one they're making, is super comfortable. Yeah, so we, we um, Deadite actually, and I, he was the one that was showing me about the N64 controller, like, look at this thing. So this is the first time I got to see it in person, and you got we got to hold it. Yeah, yeah, I got to play around with it a little bit. Uh, the There was also this cool little thing... Uh, that allows you to back up your N64 memory card onto an SD card, yeah, yeah. which I thought was crazy. That was really cool. Which was also the receiver to your wireless new N64 controller. Exactly. So I, for any of our, our more retro-minded fans, I, I'm definitely excited for this N64 controller, you know, because... N64 controllers can only last for so long, and I know mine at home, the control stick just wobbles in place, you know? Right, yeah. And so this new one is more of like a GameCube-designed uh, joystick. It's not that little yeah. you know, little ball style that uh, was in the old N64 controller. It almost reminded me of a Wii Classic controller in its shape. Yeah, you know, it was it was very comfortable to to hold. It was uh, it was it was really cool. It's not out yet, but it's coming out in the coming months. So definitely uh, look forward to that because uh, you know that was uh, really nice. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with Hyperkin, they are they're uh, this company that makes a lot of like rep, um, retro themed hardware for systems and controllers. So uh, they had just they were showing off today or at this convention they were showing off their new uh, Hyperkin. Retro HD2, I believe they're calling it, which is the NES SNES HD a combination, system. yeah. And you literally could play either system. Um, it, it's a higher resolution than their older their series one stuff. Yeah. And uh, it was cool. He had he had a game in each slot, and he's like, "Yeah, look at this." And he just flipped it to the SNES side. It was on the NES playing Duck Hunt and on uh, playing uh, Mario Brothers, and he flipped it. And it just fired up the SNES. Like, there was no power down, power back up. It was just literally flip a switch, and then it just kicked over to the SNES side yeah. and launched the game. So pretty slick um, you know, device. And then they had all of the cool converter bo- uh, cords that they make, which are like 30 bucks. And it's like, hey, you want your Dreamcast to be able to run HDMI and, and slightly up-convert the, the, the content? Boom, there it is. Oh, yeah. Definitely really cool. Uh, I was I was very impressed with all of their stuff. It was cool talking with uh, uh, Celia and uh, uh, her friend that was working there. Yeah. We bought some things. I'm not going to get into a lot of our purchases, but, you know, we uh, there's definitely a lot of cool stuff out there. We spent a lot of money and had, had a lot of fun. Probably too much money. You know, brought home, we'll be bringing home all sorts, of, all sorts of things. So keep an eye out on the Discord and maybe on some of our streams and uh, and, and social media mm-hmm. for uh, some, some stuff that maybe we're just looking to give away to some fans, you know, because, again, we have a buttload of it. Yeah, so no, We got a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, the... Other than that, I'd say the big the big upgrade that we made is I did pick up the new uh, Elgato uh, Stream Deck X- oh, yeah. XL uh, right as the show was ending on Friday. Right, we were like, we oh made, yes, we, we were, were being pushed out of the convention hall. I was like, Craig, Craig, just slide over here to the Corsair booth. Just slide over here and act like we were already in line. And so we get there, and um, I'm like, you still have because I was worried. You know, I know how these shows go. If you don't buy something on the first day, a lot of times they sell out and they don't restock. So. Uh-huh. And I knew that um, Corsair Elgato was they were having they had discounts for the for packs. Yeah. So I picked up the uh, Stream Deck Stream Deck XL uh, by by Elgato, 
and th- that's a big upgrade from my normal Stream Deck that'll now oh, yeah. find its home in the studio. So the studio is getting a Stream Deck now, a permanent Stream Deck for probably for our video side because we normally do our shows live. So mm-hmm. uh, for our for our streams now, we'll be able to build out all of our templates and all our sound effects and things like that into the Stream Deck itself. So I'm looking forward to uh, having that full time in the studio. Yeah, it'd be fun. So, yeah, that was our you know day one. We kind of. Uh, got back to the. We went out to dinner with with the um, with everybody that uh, from CS Mott and from around. You know, we, we had Children's Hospital Colorado, Children's Hospital Florida. We had a bunch of people that went out with us. Yeah, Child's and, Play uh, was there with us. Yeah, and so you know we uh, we had a good time and that that was a lot of fun. So we eat and everybody's tired, right? It's yeah. been a long day. I've never really been much of the party type when it comes to packs, but uh, I got kind of, I don't want to say peer pressured, but I got invited. So I was like, hmm, do I go to this? I feel like I, I sort of pushed you in the direction of going. You did. You helped You helped, You helped. helped the uh, Children's Hospital members make sure that I go. So I got, we got invited and, and Craig, Craig decided, you know what, I'm going to chill. I'm going to take it easy. Yep. I, I had other things to do that <laughs> yeah. were not involved with the, the, the murders of transients or anything like that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Nothing like that. No, that's crazy. <sighs> Moving on. Um, but, but no, so there was a party that was a Borderlands three party and it yep. was going to be a runway for cosplay, free tattoos. If you wanted a Borderlands tattoo, free drinks, all the stuff. And it was, it was like quite a ways out of the city so we were going to have to Uber because it was like going to be an hour walk if we wanted to walk it Oof. and I'm, they're like yeah we're going to get an Uber I'm like can I jump in your Uber with you they're like sure I'm like, okay I'm going to go so I pack up I take off we drive over to a city I've never been in I, I don't know you know so I'm sitting here I'm like I have no idea what this place is going to be like super nice venue cool it definitely would be a cool venue for concerts and stuff yeah, like that yeah. we get inside walk in and it is instantly amazing. So first of all, we get handed a goodie bag right when we walk in, a Borderlands goodie bag with another bandit mask and you know, and some lithographs and, and stuff like that. And I'm looking around and painted. Like it's not like they hung paper and painted on it. Like painted on the brick walls of this facility is just Borderlands art. Talking like bandit masks with mm-hmm. a, and, and all sorts of just cool art. And in the middle is this cage where, like, all of the um, lighting effects and everything are being done. But on the cage is all this concept art that's been made. And, you know, you get over to the bar. They got themed drinks. So I'm getting Uh the Comrade drink or the Commando drink and all these things. And so I grab a drink and we're just just enjoying it. A couple of guys wander off to do their thing. And, you know, there's uh, one of the guys from Nerdist are are hosting the show, Uh um, which turned out to be one of uh, JJ's, like, heroes. Oh, that's cool. um, You know, that was was pretty cool. And then the cosplay was – the runway was cool. It it ended. And then they brought out DJs. And the DJs are doing, like, video game themed just electronic beats. And they're blasting – um, rose petals into the sky where it's just literally covering the entire dance floor. You know, rose petals, if you're not, why? Because it's all themed around Borderlands 3. If you, if you look, there's a lot of flower-oriented stuff that's connected yeah, to the yeah. artwork of Borderlands 3. So the, there's, like a, there's like a loft area to the left, right? And I'm like, we're, like, we're going to go over here and see if we can maybe like find a seat and just chill. 
sure, okay. We walk up there and kind of get up, and we're walking by. And right when you come out into that area, there's like a, a taped off area, like a VIP area. Uh-huh. And I like walk by like it's nothing, and then like a like something catches my eye, and I turn, and it's this like just sparkled out three on the back of a black jacket. And I'm like, there's only one man in this entire world that has a jacket like that. I knew that jacket because I saw it on stage at E3. That was Randy Pitchford. And I grab everybody that's in front of me. And I'm like, whoa, 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 guys, look, look, look. And I point to him like, that's Randy Pitchford. I'm like losing my shit. And they're all looking at me like, who the fuck is Randy Pitchford? <laughs> and I look at them and I'm like, I think I'm driving home by myself right now. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's the CEO of Gearbox. I'm like, that's the father of Borderlands right there. <laughs> the party that you're at. And I'm looking, they're like, oh, really? That's cool. And then they just kind of walk away. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, I care. I just want everyone to put on record that I care, right? And so we walk away, and I'm like, I'm still anxious, though. I'm like, that's fucking Randy. Like, I, like uh-huh. I'm like, i hanging out at clearly his, like, I didn't realize that the, I didn't know what this party was. I didn't right. know if it was, like, fan put put on by fans. Sure. Whatever. Clearly it was put on by Randy, a gearbox. Like, it was official. At yeah, this yeah. Point. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna walk up to the. I'm gonna walk up to the to the taped off area. I'm gonna walk up to that that border, and I'm gonna be like, Randy, I love you, like or something. <laughs> I I didn't know what I was gonna say. I was just gonna say something. I was either gonna get thrown out or he was gonna say hi to me. One or the other, right? So I get up and I start walking that way, and he gets up, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh, he's leaving. Like I'm like, damn, I missed my opportunity. He's like, you know, I see him throw his jacket on the badass jacket and he walks around outside of the out of the closed off area and he starts walking towards us and i'm like oh oh he's coming this way right and so there's a table right in front of me of three like people i don't know and he walks up to that table and i'm like right next to the table and he starts talking to them and i'm like okay screw this i'm part of this table now (laughs) i just wedge myself into a corner and like these random people look at me and they're like you know, and I, and and they look at me and they're like, "That's Randy Bookovich for it." I'm like, "I know." So we just sit there and we're, you know, I'm listening to him and it's real loud, so I'm kind of picking up pieces. And then a deck of cards get pulled out, and I instantly know what's going to happen. I'm like waving the guys over here. I'm like, "You want to see this?" So I'm like, "This guy is about to do." I'm lean over to to JJ. I'm like, "This guy's about to do magic tricks." He's like, really? I was like, yeah. He's like, how do you know that? I'm like, because he did it at E3. Like, I'm telling you, he's going to do magic tricks. For 45 minutes, we all sat there and watched Randy Pitchford do magic trick after magic trick and blow all of our minds. I, I mean, the dude is amazing at card tricks, okay? Oh, I don't know great. I don't know where he picked it up. I don't know how recently he learned this little this little skill, but I mean this dude was pulling off amazing card tricks. My favorite one without going through all of them. My favorite one was right near the end. He goes, "Okay, he just had a deck of cards. The the back side of the card was your standard, you know, royal deck uh, sure. and they were all red. The back mm-hmm. side, right? Just a red design." 
I don't know what he did, but he put the basically put the deck down. He put the deck in his hand. He did some stuff, and then he, and then he put the deck down on the table and slid all the cards out, and they were all different colors. The backside, all of them. They weren't red anymore. They were blue, gold, black, and the and I'm like, okay, he swapped out the deck or something, right in my head. But there were two cards that were sitting on the table the entire time. Like if you were sitting on the table, you had your hand on the cards. Uh-huh. You did, not him. He was on the other side of the table. They were face up. They were jokers. You, you would have flipped them over. They were different colors. They weren't red anymore. I'm like, what? How? How did he do it? So, yeah. So it was such a cool experience. I basically got to experience his E3 presentation right there at a table hanging out with him. So then, you know, he grabs a – basically people kind of at that point start realizing what's happening. So now we're getting a crowd. And so someone handed him a Sharpie. I was like, opportunity seized. We got these lithographs, right? They were in a folder. The folder had a really cool bandit, like, dripping spray paint design yeah. on it. And that's what everybody was having him sign. And, like, it's a folder. It's not even actually a lithograph inside of it. It's You're literally having them, him sign the folder. I was like, I'm going to go one step further. I pulled the bandit mask out. And I just shoved that bandit mask right in his face. <laughs> like, not right in his face, but I, Duh, had, put I, it on him. I held it out right in front of him, and waiting for him to finish with that Sharpie, because I didn't have a Sharpie. Because I didn't know Randy Pitchford was going to be at the party, Can okay? you wear my mask, Randy? Clearly, I learned a lesson. Take a Sharpie everywhere you go. <laughs> Got it. But anyways, <laughs> I wanted him to sign that before he handed that Sharpie back to whoever was smart enough to bring a goddamn Sharpie. So sure enough, he takes it around in my hand, signs the mask, and that's when I look around, and everyone's like, Oh yeah, we have a mask, and so like everybody <laughs> wanted their mask signed. So I grabbed that, waited for it to dry, threw it in my bag. I told him thank you. You know, got a couple more. Just I got some video and, and uh, photos of them, so th- those are popping up on our Instagram and uh, other social media, so you can you can check out some of it. I have a very important question. Yeah, the the jeweled jacket. Yeah. Now, are we talking like it's it's like you know like diamond encrusted, or are we talking like he used a bedazzler to like pop some rhinestones into the back so of it? It was played off at E three that it was like a gift, like someone was on stage from Gearbox and they were like, "We got this for you, Randy," and it was a jacket. Okay, right? it very it, very much like bedazzled. <laughs> yeah, very That's amazing, be, very bedazzly. But uh, you know, again. The way that it's played out since E3 is like, that's Randy's jacket. You know, like, that's what he's going to wear around until Borderlands 3 comes out. Well, you know, I truly powerful wizards will store their magic into gemstones. <laughs> so all of the magic you saw was real. Yeah. And it, it used up uh, uh, sort of, uh, some of the uh, gems that I were on. It bejeweled onto his back. Probably, yeah. <laughs> he... Uh, he had stories for everything. Randy's a very good just he, yes, he's a good leader, but he's also just entertaining. You know, he can mm-hmm. take a stage and entertain. So, you know, he was like joking like, "So all I do is I got these contraptions in my sleeves that just pull up and then slides it across my back and then shoots it down my other arm." You know, like that's he's literally trying to like tell us how he's doing it, but we're like, "That's bullshit, Randy, because <laughs> I watched you put your jacket on 10 minutes ago over there." Like that contraption wasn't on you, you know, like <laughs> unless it's built into this jacket, which I still think is bullshit, Randy. Like, and like, so he's doing, he's like, watch, I got a whole deck here. And then he like, just kept pulling cards out of his other pocket on his other side. And then all of a sudden the cards on this side were gone. <laughs> That's great. So he's holding all the cards. I realize we're doing audio. So he's holding all the cards in his left hand, the whole deck, but he keeps pulling cards out of his right pocket. And then all of a sudden there's no cards in his, in his left hand. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, does he have some sort of like like 
contraption that's moving the cards. I'm like, no, that doesn't, no, no. So anyways, it was a really good time. The party was amazing. The music was really cool. The visuals for the DJs that were doing like old school, like Mortal Kombat um, visuals and stuff for, uh, for and, and like uh, old um, 80s, 90s cartoons and stuff, uh, artwork. Um it was cool. That's I, I'm awesome. really glad I went, obviously, but uh, that was that was how I closed off my Friday, which was tough because we I knew we were going into Saturday and it was going to be a long day. Oh yeah, but we did it. We got up. We uh, we got to the convention hall, and you know I'm I'm just going to move right into this because we got plenty to talk about. Oh so yeah, let's absolutely. Move in, let's move into what what's the, the first thing we did on Saturday? Pokemon. Was we went to we went to Pokemon Sword and Shield. And uh, hopped in, hopped in our, hopped in our line, and got to play. So, what do you? Here's the thing. I'm just gonna set the set. This is that I have not been a fan of what we've been seeing and hearing about with Pokemon Sword and Shield. It kind of have been. It's kind of been like a. I more and more am wondering, do I want to play this game? I will say I was not a huge fan of Sun and Moon. I, I, I either was them. I, either was I. Yeah, bought them, but I wasn't as big yeah. of a fan as the previous games. And so I was really worried. I was like, "Am I getting? Am I finally hitting that wall of I'm too old for Pokemon, or I'm just done, or I'm tired of Pokemon? Like, what is it? Or was Sun and Moon just not like I was? Mm-hmm. A, Sun and Moon irritated me just by the the walls that I had to hit and had to play through to just even get to the regular game. It took too mm-hmm. long for the game to get really going. Yeah. And so, but Sun, but Sword and Shield, I was really concerned about all the changes they were making and how they were like getting rid of, you know, they were bringing this new, um, you know, these new Dynamax, Dynamax systems and stuff. I, like I was that. scared of Dynamax. I'm, I'm going to admit it. I was pretty scared of Dynamax. I, I thought to myself, I don't think I'm even going to use it. Yeah. I just, this, it looks kind of dumb. Yep. So, we got to play Pokemon Sword and Shield, and uh, all my worries were pretty much put to rest. Yeah, we, we you pretty much jump into a water gym, you go through the gym portion, and then it's like the battle. And it's interesting because it, it felt like all the other trainers in that water gym were almost like they were trying to also compete to get to the gym leader. It's almost like it's a gauntlet of like trainers that get you to this like giant, sprawling, you know, yeah. like stadium. Uh, where you'll fight the gym leader, and yeah, I liked the puzzle. I, I did. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the gym. It did not feel too simple. Like the the first few switches you start playing around with and changing where water goes and stuff. I was like, okay, yeah, this is standard Pokemon stuff. Pretty simple. By the last one, I did it and it didn't work right, and I was like. Oh, oh no! I I messed up, and I had to like go back and like redo some things. And I was like, okay, all right, fair enough. And so you get to the gym leader, and she pretty much just has like. A couple Pokemon, nothing crazy. Yeah. And you have like a team of six that they've given you. They, you have all three of the starters. Yep. So you have uh, Sobble, uh, Grokey, and Scorbunny. And then you also have uh, Corviknight, the big, crazy, steel that flying bird. bird was sweet. Looked really cool. Yes. Uh, you also had... The sheep. Yeah, you had the There's sheep. Wooloo or whatever. Wooloo, yeah, which is pretty adorable looking. No. No, I'm not a fan of Wooloo. I don't like this. I don't like this like crazy fan people loving this thing. <laughs> oh, that was cute enough to me. Sheep. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Whatever. <laughs> it's so. And then your jam was the corgi thing. Yeah, Yamper, man. Yamper, which Yamper. is a uh, electric type. Yeah, which is surprisingly slow. 
Yeah, it's slow, but Yamper is a sausagey corgi. He's a he's a chunker. He's a chunker. He's a corgi. Like they're not necessarily the fastest, and the only reason he's electric is because he probably like drags his belly across the ground and just builds up builds up that electricity statically or whatever. But yeah, Yamper was in it. I was I was very happy. So you the gym leader throws out a a like Goldine, and you know you fight that thing, and then it switches to I I think it's called like. Can we pump the brakes real quick? Yeah. You finish the gym and you you finish the puzzle and then you walk to this door and it turns into this grand like battle oh, yeah. arena and like, the crowds are like going crazy. Yeah. You're so, in like a uh, like an actual jersey and yeah. stuff. So the visuals I really appreciated. I was like, oh, now we battle. Like it felt exciting. it felt like it felt like oh, this is the way a Pokemon world should be. Yeah. Where when you're fighting a gym leader, they're gonna like you know. Record it. They're gonna yeah. put it on TV. Why wouldn't they be trying to make media business off this? Yeah, it wasn't just get to you know do the puzzle and get to this like the end of it, and then they're just standing there, mm-hmm. and then you fight. Like there was a whole additional room that turned into an arena. And so the you know gym leader throws out the uh, rock water type, which is a uh, I don't remember its name. It's like something jaw like. Something, some type of Pokemon that's a big snapping turtle. He's cool, really cool. Big like under bite, like big jaw, big lower jaw. Yeah, monster looking dude. Yeah, he was. I liked him. Looked really awesome, and she Dynamaxes it, and it like turns huge. The like sky goes dark. It's like all this like dark like smog around the thing and stuff. And it's like wow, this is kind of scary. And I originally was thinking like I, like on that first turn, I was like, I'm not gonna Dynamax. Why should I have to Dynamax? Like and keep up with this game, and and even the 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 rep from Nintendo, I had said I was like, do you pretty much have to Dynamax to win? And they were like, no, no, not at all. You you can. I've seen players avoid it if you want to. You know, basically, it's just a, a three turn buff. Which is that's that was the cool thing that I also enjoyed is that it's a three turn buff. I like. It's not I like just that. yeah. It's not just like oh, you went Dynamax, you're gonna win the battle, you know, yeah. or anything like that. So. You, you know, you fight this thing and it was fairly tough. You know, I ended up Dynamaxing something and this stupid rock water turtle is surprisingly fast. It was like faster than like everything else I was using. And I was like, what the hell is this? This is bull. (laughs) Like I threw out like my my Grokey, my like, you know, like a stupid uh, uh, grass type uh, monkey thing. And it got like one, it got like two shotted by the thing, even after I Dynamaxed it or whatever. And I was just like oh, this ain't great. I'm going to lose to a Pokemon demo and I'm going to feel like an idiot. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to feel like such a big dummy. And uh, uh, no, it was, and I don't know, I wasn't paying enough attention to the levels to see if it was just everything is even. Normally in Pokemon, I'm a little higher than the gym uh, leaders I fight. Right. You know, I like grinding and, you know, yeah, RPGs yeah. and stuff. That's my thing. And so, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And the Dynamax, when you used it, there, there is a certain thrill, like seeing this giant, you know, Pokemon monster. So, like, it, like the all the audio cues, the rumbling of the controller, everything made it feel kind of spectacular and and kind of cool. I, I, I was very against Dynamax before. Now I'm thinking, like, man, I may end up using it, playing, you know, playing around with it because you really only, I think, use it in gym, bo- uh, gym leader battles. Right. You know, I don't think it's something that's always going. So, so that's nice. Yeah, so I um I made a mistake. Well, I didn't make a mistake. My Nintendo rep and I decided we were going to try something because he said no one's ever tried it uh-huh. since since he's been doing the demo. 
I really liked Yamper. So he goes, and he's like, oh, you like Yamper? I'm like, well, he's a corgi. He's like, yeah, look, at he's a sausage. I go, that's what my two dogs look like at home. They are sausages. <laughs> I'm like, this dog, this thing is awesome. He's like, all right, well, since you like Yamper so much, we're going to Dynamax Yamper. And I'm like, why you make that sound like that's bad? And he's like, well, you'll see, like we're in a water, we're in a water uh, uh, gym. So I'm like, well, yeah, okay, that seems like I should be all right, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, so I Dynamax him. Uh huh. I mean, I get my photo with the game because because you can only take photos of the game if you're in it. Yeah. yeah. How they explain it. So I get my phone and I like I'm sitting here pointing at Yamper. I'm like, look, it's a giant corky. <laughs> so he's like, all right, cool. Now we're gonna battle. And you know, and like so my first because I'm Dynamax, I like just obliterate the uh, Goldine or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. And then that turtle comes out, and then they Dynamax that turtle. <laughs> And then that turtle one-shots my Yamper. Oh, yeah. My Dynamax Yamper. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, he's like, well, we'll see if you survive. And I was like, what? And then, <laughs> what a jerk. Gone. And so the thing he tells me, though, is that, well, just so you know, you used your Dynamax on Yamper, so you don't have Dynamax. So now I'm stuck for two additional turns, regular Pokemon yep. versus Dynamaxed Gigantic Turtle. And I'm like, uh, okay, so what should I do? He's like, well, I would uh, put some fodder on the field. <laughs> so I put out, you know, I put out my crow first to see if I could get uh, to get because because the crow would have had uh, a slight advantage on on one of its moves. I can't remember. What oh, uh, steel wing, steel wing. Yes. Yep. I, which when I used steel wing on the thing, I missed. Oh no. Yep. So we get steel wing. I get it out, and uh, sure enough, he, he doesn't survive. He gets he gets blasted one shot done. And I'm like, all right, I gotta get through one more turn. And I'm like, I'm gonna put out Wulu. Uh-huh. Put Wulu out, and I use uh, a confuse move. I'm not gonna try to attack with Wulu. He's just a normal, <laughs> just a normal type. So I put a confuse move, use a confuse move, and to, to hope that the uh, that the the gym leader's Pokemon would would hit itself. Sure, sure, right. And it didn't. <laughs> of course not. But Wulu is. We also used a, def, a defense move, and then I used a confuse move. So um, Wulu did not die. Wulu's very tanky. Oh. Wulu's pretty tanky. Good, good so, for Wulu. Yeah. So that caused the three turn to end and the Dynamax to end. And so that was cool because I was like, wow, that's neat. I, I, I always remembered like uh, um, Mega, you know, an EX or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was just like. You just you go there and you you live in that realm until that Pokemon dies or whatever. Yeah. Like, so it was cool that like you could try to strategize to out to to just defensely to to play defense and try to outlast it. Right. Oh sure, absolutely. So then you know he comes back down to normal size and I'm able to then um, change around to uh, um, is it uh, what's Grokey, the Grokey, the, Grokey, the, yeah. the grass monkey yeah. thing. Yep. So I ran over the Grokey and then was able to defeat the the Pokemon and defeat the gym leader, yeah. get my badge, and the demo was over. But it really made me feel. I'm like, well, this is. I like the idea that this new super move, this new ultimate thing, is temporary. And yeah. It's, and you can play around it. You can you can technically play around it where you know you haven't necessarily lost the battle if you screwed up with it and someone still has it mm-hmm. and that that to me really kind of gave me a sense of balance a sense of uh, an additional strategy that you can that you can play around with and think about um so yeah i had fun with it the you know 
the starters aren't my favorite starters. I I know we haven't necessarily seen their evolutions, and maybe they are they get cooler. But um, Sabo yeah. is amazing, I and know. I won't have you stain his name with your blasphemous lies. Just because you like dumb reptile Pokemon doesn't mean anything. I it it does mean something. It Every reptilian starter I always take. Yeah, that's all it means is that you like it. to make mistakes. Uh, dude, Charizard. I'm dude, <laughs> for alligator. Yeah. Dude, all the others. <laughs> yeah, and all the others. Come on. <laughs> and the rest. Uh, the, <laughs> you I will... name like the two. How many generations are we on now? What okay, is this? fine. This is nine? Septile. Uh, we also had Torterra. We had uh, oh, the snake thing. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Snake thing. Snake uh, thing. <laughs> Okay. It's uh, Sniffy was the first. <laughs> anyway, Sniffy, Sniffy. I think Sniffy was the first evolution. Wasn't it like Snivel or something like that, or was that the second one? I don't know. Sniffy, grass snake. Like there I said, there was no way it was Sniffy. Uh, Sniffy. He was. He, he had a cold. <laughs> Snoopy. Snoopy. Uh, anyways, my only beef with the demo is that Pokemon is so customizable that you get this team. And I just thought to myself, I was like, okay, the starters, all these, you know, a pretty wide range of Pokemon, that's cool. And I just thought to myself, I wouldn't use this. I wouldn't use that. I wouldn't use this. And it's like, ah, ah. Okay, I mean, this that's a demo. You can't just, I mean, like, play the game let's normal. Let's be honest, too. The demo was real basic where you couldn't even use items. Yeah, so, no like, items. I don't know about you, but I got burned. I had a burn. Oh, I had a burn. Do anything about it. I, well, what it was was they told me if you go back to the the guy that um, introduces you at the beginning of the gym, oh, he just heals you. I gotcha. So at the very end, when you finally open up the door to go into the gym or to the gym leader, you just run, like it also opens up on a straightaway oh, backwards. Oh, I didn't so even go back. So you run back and it resets all your guys and then you run. In. I had low health going into the the oh. final battle and See, I was like, my oh, I'll Nintendo be fine. rep was like helpful your nintendo rep was trying to letting well, you kind of letting you free play i i also was I very like pretentious assistant. oh i was okay. like oh i was like i played like every pokemon oh, game ever pokemon and she was just champion. like oh, okay have fun and yeah. then she like zoned out wasn't paying attention to me yeah. and then like i just barely won with like one or two pokemon left yeah, and yeah. she was like yeah, yeah expert my ass scrub <laughs> exactly uh but yeah pokemon i'm super excited for i i was kind of excited for it anyway uh but I, I'm definitely more excited now, having gone through the demo. And uh, what, what about you, though, Graham? Are you you are you pretty excited now? I'm back on board for uh, picking up the game. Nice, like, nice. Like I wasn't sure at first because there's so much stuff coming out at the end of the year here mm-hmm. that I'm going to have plenty of games to play. And I was like, man, I just I'm not feeling this, so I'm worried that I'll buy it and then like fall out like yeah, a few there. days in. And but now I can definitely sit there and say, you know what? No, I definitely enjoyed that demo. I'm going to. Uh, pick this up and play Pokemon. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the demo was a huge success for me, and the warp pipe situation was awesome. So win win. Yeah. Um, so you know we get the uh, we get done with that, and it's cool when you play the demos, you get a pin set of the three starters. Oh yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty so that was great. A, that was a nice surprise. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, so after that, we uh, we decide that we're gonna attempt the other Nintendo stuff. Last, mm-hmm. our last day and stuff like that so we don't really try to get in line but I did get to go play something else and this would probably be my disappointment of the show ah yes yeah so um, we, were, we were actually looking for something for you and then you ran off to take care of it and I'm like okay I'm just going to take some photos of the stadia booth because mm-hmm. it's a big booth it's, it's pretty and I realized that when the lines for stadia is like 
super short. I'm like, I'm I'm just gonna hop in line here, and then when Craig gets back, like he can hop in line too. Yeah, I don't even remember what I was doing. Like go uh, like go to the bathroom. Yeah, or something? you went, you went yeah. to the restroom or something. Yeah, and it so, was nothing crazy. Before you even got back, I was already in. <laughs> yeah, so like you I'm kind of like keep turning, and then sure enough, I see you walking looking for me. I'm like Craig, I'm over here. I'm in. I'm I'm I'm, I'm in, man. I'm in. So like you know, you hop under the ropes so that you can um, take some photos of me playing Google Stadia. Yeah, yeah. And we're playing Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, you know, Google Stadia controller on a Pixel 3. So how how they had this set up is that you had, like, a mobile experience, a computer experience, a tablet experience, yeah. like the different ways that you can play Stadia. I was playing on a mobile experience from a Pixel 3. Mm-hmm. The game starts up, and I'm picking Sub-Zero because that's who I play as. Yeah. He's my main. And it freezes. This is before you got here. Oh. It freezes. And then all of a sudden, it goes black screen. And then all of a sudden, I'm staring at an Android screen sideways with the button on that says Stadia. As the guy's like, yeah, the only phone that we've been having a problem with today has been this one, and but it's been good for hours. And I, like, raise my hand, and I'm like, is this good? And he looks, he goes, oh, it just crashed again. <laughs> and so they got, like, a, they got, like, a Google, like, technician looking at it. And he's like, well, we might have to swap phone out, blah, blah. And finally, they reboot it, it fires up, it's, and I'm in. Uh-huh. Pick my character, get in the game. And I'm playing against uh, Cassie Cage or Casey Cage, whatever. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just I'm pulling my combos off. I'm, I'm all, yeah, you were doing moves. fine. Like it felt like I was playing on my PlayStation or whatever, right? Like it felt good. I was able to do what I want. I was like, wow, this is smooth. Then it changed. Ah yes, and you witnessed it because uh-huh. I got caught in uh, I got caught in one of the um, special moves. Special, yeah, yeah, the special moves, the bone special breakers or whatever. And the frame rate drops, and the and and it's just lagging and, and jittering, and I'm like, what the hell? And I get out of it, and all of a sudden, my guy's not moving right. My commands don't seem to be adding up, and then it smooths back out. I win the match, and I'm like, I'm gonna try to pull a finishing move off. Finishing move combo works, but then the animations are all rough again. And, yeah. And I'm like, oh, boy, this is this is rough. So here's my two takes on it. First of all, from a mobile standpoint, the networks aren't ready to support this. From, you know, from a performance, if, if this is a sense of performance, then I'm worried what other people, perform, you know, felt like throughout the, 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 uh, the booth. The controller doesn't feel great. I was able to hold the controller yeah. at least. I didn't play the game, but it just felt cheap. That's it. And so I was disappointed because we had heard a lot about this controller and I put it in my hand and you know like it just didn't feel good. It didn't fit my hand nice. It felt like even just the triggers and the bumpers on the top of the controller felt uncomfortable and very and, flimsy. And flimsy. The controller was too light. You know, I mean, I know some people like that, but like, it just didn't feel like it didn't feel premium. It didn't feel like a Google, mm-hmm. like, like again, let's just look at the Pixel, okay? A phone that has really uh, matured over its few generations. Like, it didn't feel like a Google product of like premium material. Yeah. And so, overall, I was disappointed with my Google Stadia experience. I asked several questions to the people that were around me, and they. 
it was more dodging than it was answering. They, yeah, they kind of blew you off. Yeah. It was just like, oh, you know, well, we yeah. can't answer that yet. But... but they definitely wanted to let me know that I could pre-order the Founders uh, Edition oh, right at yeah, this table. You, you can absolutely pre-order. I was pre-order. like, after that, I'm not pre-ordering anything from you, you know? So overall, I um, was not impressed. That was my... That was my I'm glad I got to try it. I'm glad I got to hold the controller. Yeah. Like these were things I wanted to do, and overall, my, a lot of my concerns that I've had in the past have kind of are still there. And oh that's, yeah, and that's unfortunate. I wanted those to be eliminated, to, uh, you know, this weekend. So, but yeah, and that uh, you know that was that was kind of the way that we uh, finished off the day. Did, you, did we do anything else? Uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm trying to think. So that was uh, Saturday. Saturday. I don't think there was much else we did. Saturday. We spent more money. We bought more well, things. Well, yeah, we bought more things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I popped into like Nipponichi Software's booth and, yeah. you know, there was definitely some cool stuff that we uh, yeah. we snagged for sure. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, uh, aside from that, I, I don't think there was much we did there. And then uh, Saturday evening, we kind of just went to bed early, didn't we? We did dinner. We did dinner. Uh, we did group. dinner with the guys from uh, CS Mott and... Uh, you know, that was great getting to see them. Uh, but aside from that, yeah, we, we pretty much just kind of took it easy. The the hills in Seattle. No, no, we, didn't do dinner. My... we didn't do dinner on Saturday. Oh, was that Friday we did the dinner? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Friday yeah. was the dinner. Yeah. Which, you know, post, yeah. post-mortem note here. Saturday. The we hills ha- in Seattle can kiss my ass. <laughs> we didn't talk about that. Yeah, I know. We, we had a hell of a climb back. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, after some drinks and, and lots of food. Oh, uh, Saturday we went to Al's, right? Was that uh, yes. uh, Saturday? Yes. Yeah, that's right. So, so what happened was we had some things that got shifted around, right? We, yeah. We had some plans with, with uh, Children's Hospital and things, and they had to make some changes to, to accommodate. So we, we had to adjust some of our plans. Yeah. So we said, cool, let's go on an adventure. Yeah. We and pretty much just went downhill and went to the, the markets of Seattle. Yeah, I wanted to show you the markets. We wanted to go to Golden Age Collections, which is the oldest active comic book store in the country. Real cool. Um, Real yeah, cool we looking went, place. We went and saw the Ferris wheel down on the pier, and then you didn't want to climb. You didn't want to climb back uphill. I was like, come on, it'd be a, it's going to be a great workout. And you're like, fuck that. That is exactly, I think, what I said. I think you can go to hell. You can go to hell and die. (laughs) I'm pretty sure those are my exact words. I I think I said I'd rather bite off my tongue and die than climb another hill. And then you basically were like, let's get an Uber and just go back. And I was like, well, if we're going to get an Uber, why don't we go find a video game store? Yeah, so you searched, and it was a few Game Stops and stuff. And I was like, I'm not Ubering to a Game (laughs) Stop. I'd rather die. It might be our last chance before Game Stop doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) It could actually be that, that <laughs> until they're turned into Funko Land again, and right. then they're then they're gone forever. Yeah. But uh, so we we you know search, and you're like Al's music, video, and games. Yeah. And I was like, not Al's music and video games. And you're like, no, no, it's Al's music, video, and games. Yeah. And I was like, where the hell is that? And you're like, oh, it's like you know five miles out or whatever, you know. And I was like, all right, well, let's go. And you're like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, 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 it's gonna be fine. So I call up an Uber. We go drive in. And the, our Uber driver ends up going through, like, this residential zone. Yes. And I was just thinking to myself, like, where the hell are we going? Yeah, we're like, this this store is some dude's house. Like, that's what we were getting ready to get <laughs> yeah. at. And we had seen photos of the store. Like, it looked like a storefront to us. So, But it turned out we were on campus of um, Washington University. Yeah, real so, real nice looking area. Like yeah. the residential zone kind of freaked me out at first, but yeah. once we popped back out onto some streets and stuff, it was like, oh, this is really nice. This yeah. is cool. And so we get there, you know, it drops us off and the you know, the it looks like an old school just like 
kind of hole in the wall. Yeah. Which gets, you know, and again, based off the photos I had seen on Google Images, I was excited and hoping that it was still, that those weren't like seven years old. Uh huh. And so we walk in. And we found the like we just found the mother load. I mean, it is the holy grail of Seattle. It is probably the coolest store that I saw in the city of Seattle. Yeah, it was great. It's this like used video game and music store. So they have a vinyl record section. They have old video games from Atari to PlayStation to Dreamcast. You know, which you were you were definitely eye in. Oh yeah. They had like old toys, old like video game like paraphernalia. Yeah. They had this weird historical simulator with like a Hitler slapped swapped on the front or whatever. Yeah. And it was like what the heck is this? And it's just like display case after display case of just amazing stuff. I mean stuff from like a fish like little Samson copies of little Samson on the yeah. NES to things that weren't even for sale. They were just on display so you could just enjoy them. Uh huh. And so, um, you know, like you said, the, the whole aisle, this, this was a very like long, thin building. Yeah. And so the whole aisle, if you started at one end, it was like dreamcast PS one, PS two, PS three, Xbox, Xbox 360, uh-huh. just going through all of the generations and then all of the brands. And it was just like, Amazing! Like there's too much. It was like sensory overload. Then the people working there were super cool, and like we're talking about like uh, obviously we're talking about packs, but then we're talking about just some some history of video games. Like they clearly knew a lot, and so they just the boxes they had, guys. Like the mint Sega CD boxes and the mint <laughs> like just I mean and I mean like they still had shine to them. Like they oh like, yeah, they never seen great. the sunlight, and so. You know, we all find a few things. You find a whole stack of Nintendo Power magazines. It was so cool to go through these old Nintendo yeah. Powers and like and like I found one that I had when I was a kid and I was like, I'm buying this. I need this. Yeah. And so then you find you find me one as well that had Metroid on the front of it. Uh-huh. And still had the uh, inserted poster uh-huh. in it. And everything. <laughs> so I picked that. I grabbed that up. I we grabbed your magazine, which was the Killer Instinct edition um, um, issue, and then um, I also find Metroid Prime with the Metroid Prime Echoes demo disc combo, which is one of the versions of Metroid Prime that I'm missing. And it was a really like their pricing was actually really fair on, on a lot of things. Yeah, like, I, I didn't feel like know. anything was too overpriced. Yeah, it, it even, didn't feel like they were trying to rook us. Even they're like, if you wanted to spend bigger bucks, like even they're like they they had mint in the box, complete in box, you know, Dragon Warrior Four, like really uh-huh. clean. It was like 120 bucks. I was like, that's good. That's that's a solid price. Yeah, you know, if you wanted to, if that's something you wanted for your collection, and so, um, and they had a lot of import too. So like, if you oh, yeah. like Dreamcast, like yes, they had a, they had North American, but they also had a lot of like Dreamcast import. So it was cool to see like it was like a network test version of Fantasy Star Online Japanese import. For like six bucks. Oh yeah, that yeah. was really cool. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Japanese version of the Evolution game yeah. for uh, uh, Dreamcast. Yeah. They had like you know uh, some some old school classics still in the box, like Illusion of Gaia. Yeah. and you know ton, tons tons oh, yeah. of really cool stuff. And you still they had like the old school Nintendo signs hanging up from the ceiling, and then like they had this whole rack that just hung from the ceiling of just controllers that were dra- <laughs> like draped. Nintendo zappers yeah, and stuff just draped over each other. And you could buy them, but it was just the way that they displayed it was like old school just you just kind of walked into this like just i don't want like this this, it's a mess in a way because there's just so much stuff piled on everything but it's also beautiful 
Like then that's oh yeah, you know, it was great. So yeah, and anyway, so we had a really good time there. We we picked up a few things, and uh, you know, then the another fun story was we were talking to him and we we're giving him our cards and we're like, hey, we're gonna talk about you on the show, and uh-huh. and you know, we'd love to do an interview with you, and they're like, oh, you you probably want to do an interview with Al or whatever. I'm like, she's she's not here right now, and I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, can you tell me about this logo? Because they have this eight bit dog looking corgi, yeah, yeah, and it looked to me like a corgi, but it had some extra things. So I was like, it could be not a corgi. And he's like, he goes, oh yeah, that's that's her dog. And I'm like, does her dog happen to be a corgi? And they're like, he's like, it does. It normally it normally is here in the store with us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, bummer that it's not in the store. I'm like, I have two corgis myself. I'm like, this might have just became my favorite video game store <laughs> of all time. So, um, yeah, so that was it was just a fun experience. Super glad that we decided to kind of go out of our way to an unknown area and take the chance, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was our our, our uh, unplanned adventure uh, for Saturday. And then it led us into today where we got to do a lot of cool stuff. Uh, you know, our, this show is running long, and that is, and that's completely okay because it's a special show. So you're gonna get this two-hour podcast, and you're gonna love it, <laughs> and you're gonna love it, and you're gonna wish that we do it every day. But, uh, anyways, this moves us into our our last day at the event. PAX runs through Monday. We're going home Monday. Right, right. right. So, We're not able to catch that Monday yeah. uh, show. We're recording this Sunday after the uh, after we were done with the the convention. So we uh, get up get up again and get there when the doors open. Uh, right there in the beginning and head through to go straight to the legend of Zelda, which is the, so ever because, because my wife was like, they already have gameplay for breath of the wild too. And I was like, no, Oh, that would be sweet. I was like, no, 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 no. I'd have crap my pants. I would have legitimately crap myself. (laughs) But this is still really cool because this is the, um, and I'm not even sure what they call this. This is, it's the, um, what did you call this island? Oh, uh, Koholint. Koholint uh, Island. island. Uh, so the the Switch version of Link's Awakening is coming out. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like a, like a weird retelling or anything. It is the exact game done in this really adorable looking engine that looks almost kind of like Lego-like, almost <laughs> chibi-like. You, you don't know? want to know what I think it looks like. Okay, first of all, it's beautiful. Okay, so oh, don't, sure, Don't sure. take this as a, as a knock. Uh-huh. It reminds me of the Canadians in South Park. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> it kind of does. It's just like the the eyes and not and much round, else. Yeah, the like the weird like oblong heads and stuff. I don't know. It just reminds me of the Canadians in South Park. I would thought you were gonna say like it reminded you of like Playmobil figures. Playmobil, yeah, that's true too. Just slightly stretched in yeah. the head, like mm-hmm. you know, little egg shaped heads. Anyways, super cute, and uh, we got to play like a timed demo of it. So I don't know how far you made it, but I, I was... just opened the door to the dungeon, uh, and then it clicked off, and I was like, "No!" I got the key and was heading to the dungeon, and like I think I was literally like one screen away from the dungeon. Well, it's been so long since I've played through the entirety of Link's Awakening, and I yeah. like so I was like, there was a few times where I was like. Okay, like, do I? Uh, how do I get into this place well, again? I made and it like, all you know. the way to the witch's like house, but you didn't have the mushroom. I didn't have the mushroom, <laughs> and I was like, if I would have had the mushroom, I would have been in the dungeon. Like, I was making good time, and I'm like, I literally turned to him, I'm like, do I? What am I missing? She's like, you don't have the mushroom. I was like, oh my god, I don't have the mushroom. I'm like, so well, that sucks. So I went back, got the mushroom, and then it was back on track, but. Yeah, uh, the game the game was sweet. It looks looks beautiful. I I'll mean, be picking it up. Yeah, it, it it was it was fantastic. But what we didn't realize was 
we um we got to play two games. Yeah, so by going through this line, it's it you basically go to Zelda and then they're like, "Okay, go over there for Luigi." And it was like, "Wait, what?" And they're yeah. like, "Over there for Luigi." And it's like, "Yeah, I heard you the first time. What do you mean?" <laughs> and this line is two games in one. Yeah. So you get to play Luigi's Mansion 3. And I have very little to no experience with Luigi's Mansion. Never really. Really? Played. Yeah, I never really played it on GameCube. And then I I think I actually own a copy on the DS, um, but I've never played it. Oh. Now, I played the first one quite a bit. I never touched the second one. I did enjoy the first one, but I, I just, you know, I never... It wasn't the second one wasn't really on my what radar. What system did the second come out on? Uh, DS, uh, D, 3DS. Oh, that is the second one. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's called Dark Moon. Dark Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that is technically Luigi Mansion two. Gotcha. Yep. So three on the Switch. So you know we we get we get playing and you're going through some of the controls with your ghost dog, and I'm like, okay, I think I get it. I get in the first room and I'm, I'm struggling because what happens is like. You have to. You have a flashlight. You have a vacuum. Uh-huh. Vacuum can suck and push. Flashlight kind of exposes the ghost. You also have a plunger gun. And you have a plunger gun. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. So, I, I flash the ghost, expose him, starts starts sucking him. Right. Uh huh. And that's when you like you have to with the vacuum. You, I'm I'm thinking that I have to chase them around. I don't want they don't want them to be able to pull away. Oh, no. So I'm chasing them around and they keep getting away and Lady's like, "No, you have to push away from the ghost." You yeah, to like trying to the ghost. Yeah, bring them in. And I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." <laughs> I've just been an idiot here for like 3 times in a row. So anyways, you know, start to fight the ghost now and all of a sudden I start to see the build up and then you uh-huh. hit the A button and the cool th- and then you know, so you're you're like sucking the life out of the ghost with the vacuum. You get to a point where you can hit the A and then you can like smash the ghost around. Sucking right? the death out of the ghost. Yeah, the death or whatever, <laughs> yeah, technically. So then like it has a life meter, Craig, okay? Whatever. All right, fair enough. Anyways, the cool thing about that I found that I was I liked is that if there were other ghosts like exposed, is that you could hit them with the ghost. You could also hit doors, barrels. Yeah. So like, it, think almost. Uh, it, it's a little hard to to you know kind of get it across in an audio podcast. But imagine the cartoon where the little guy picks up the big guy, grabs him by like a leg or a tail, and swings him from like one yes. side to the next, and just bonks him on the ground. Think of Loki when the Hulk grabbed him and smashed him back and forth <laughs> yes. in Avengers. That's what you're doing, and it just smashes him around, and you can get multiple ghosts at once so it's just this big mob of ghosts that you're smacking yeah. around and Luigi I, I mean I guess ghosts don't have weight but like it feels like man Luigi's tough yeah Luigi's got some got some some force but um so you're playing through it the plunger aspect of it where you got, now now all of a sudden you have to like shoot a plunger and then you vacuum the plunger to then pull things open like yeah it's doors. got like a little bit of rope at the yeah. bottom so you suck up that rope and yep. then you can pull things with it yeah and then of course Finally, everyone sit here screaming. They're like, well, yeah, but what about Gooigi? I was actually kind of impressed with how they implement them. Gooigi is sweet, man. Like, I, I had a lot. Like, the, you don't get to play a ton with them in the demo, but he, the parts that you do are clear as day make sense as to why he's in the game. And it just adds this fun, like, combination of puzzle puzzle solving with yeah him. they did a really good job with that yeah. because it's like you create this clone of luigi this yeah. gooigi and he can go through spikes because right. he's just made of slime so yeah. like if spikes appear you send him through and he does puzzles on one side yeah. and you could like leave him behind and send luigi to, to go do stuff and uh did you catch the the other thing with uh gooigi which other thing would that be? Well, if you listen really carefully when he's, you know, and you move up close to him, you'll hear he goes, please kill me. 
me. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Maybe that was just my subconscious whispering that to myself. I don't know. Uh, but I thought I heard that. Oh, goodness. That's great. So, anyways, you get through that and you get to the boss and the mechanics, like most Nintendo games, the, fun. the Very mechanics fun. are so much fun. You get this boss who's kind of like a knight in armor. He's a ghost inside of this like shell yeah, he's like of this armor. king on like a rocket, like a, a ride horse. Yeah. Those little ones you hop on like as yeah. a kid or whatever. He's a jousting. Right? Yeah, and he's jousting around, but yeah. he has a shield, so he blocks your suction, so you have to like... Waiting, you have to like blind him with a flashlight, shoot a suction cup at his like chest, and then like Which is a tar- has a target. Yeah, on and it. then like bounce him around and yeah. stuff. And it's it's yeah, it was a ton of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and we guess we got to play that too. And both like so, Zelda. We were, I was gonna get. Oh yeah, absolutely. Luigi Mansion Three. I was definitely. I was. Planning, I was not gonna I get was it. Not gonna buy. And I told the I told my Nintendo rep that was working with me. I said. This demo changed my mind. I will, I will actually buy this game. I'm definitely on the fence for yeah. for Luigi uh, Luigi's Mansion Three. I was certainly not going to buy it before, not because I didn't like Luigi's Mansion. It's just, it's just I have a lot a, of games yeah. to play. It's it's hard to justify getting so many games. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I was very impressed. I was very surprised. Yeah. So I that was that was probably my surprise moment of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, would have been there. So we uh we, you know we finish that up. We get our pins and we get our photos and all that stuff. You'll be able to view a lot of that on uh, on their social media, but we did not get a chance, unfortunately, to play Final Fantasy VII's remake because Square Enix has a real dumb <laughs> plan with their tickets and stuff. Yeah, so how they basically set up their day is they you get the they open the doors, people rush in, get these tickets, and then that's it. Once the tickets are gone for the day, you can't even get in line. But then you have to stay in line with tickets. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I It, it threw me off. And, yeah. and maybe it would have been the same as if they just had cap, like line caps or whatever. But yeah. like, yeah, we couldn't play. We watched it and it looks pretty. Looks like an action game. Doesn't really look like a, a Doom yeah. RPG. I know. You had your problems with it. But they did have they did have some cool like setups for, for the convention as far as like just grand scale um, oh yeah, you can jump outs. on the motorcycle right. that's in FF7. Uh, the one of the towers from Midgar, yeah. uh, the like power plants or whatever. Yeah. You could see that, like, so yeah. it, it looked very cool. Yeah, and you know, all that's viewable like on our Instagram and stuff like that, where we're sharing all our stuff out. Oh, now I did get to play another demo uh, while you were running around doing some uh, footage. Uh, footage. Yeah. I played Trials of Mana, yeah. the remake that's coming out in uh, uh, early 2020. Yep, which we also have photos and video of. So there you go. Yeah, there we go. I. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I'm. It looked fun. I'm. I'm definitely a purist. I'm on the Legend of Retro. I love the retro like aesthetics, and some games don't need remaking. And so like, I, but th- playing this, I kind of felt like, man, maybe I will pick this up because it was fun. It was. Uh, the music was remixed, you know, and it's still the the same music from. Uh, for those who don't know, Secret of Mana in Japan had a sequel. So Secret of Mana is Seiken Densets Two, Seiken Densets Three which is now known as Trials of Mana in America, which was on the collection of Mana uh, that came out on the Switch not too long ago. Was it on any other systems? I think it was just the Switch. Maybe it was PS4 as well. Yeah, but it, but what you're saying is like this game never was a U.S. release until that. Yeah, until that, exactly. And the, the remake felt very... Fun. It felt more actiony, which I think that you know is is if you're going to remake it, it's a good idea to do that, and not just make it the same exact game. I guess, 
but you know, but it's still the same combat system and everything. You know, so whereas like the FF7 remake is a totally different combat style, right. this at least is the same, just with a, enough tweaks and and you know tiny things like you know normally in the secret of mana games you hit an enemy you wait until your meter charges up and then you can hit with another full strike and then charge up attacks from there in this you can keep hitting the attack button and doing like minor you know damage and it, it just feels a little bit more gratifying in a in a, a 3d kind of uh system i right. think you know so that was fun i could say from like me viewing it and like your your battle with the giant crab mm-hmm. that you got to fight like someone that doesn't have a lot of experience with the mana games this was a this was appealing to me like yeah. where i was like i'm i might play this game this looks fun so um yeah that that was it was it was cool i liked the art style of that one for sure uh after that we uh we went around and did we play anything else i think that's we kind of wrapped the day up with oh that, we? we we did a few uh indie games oh after that. yes yes yeah, so um, one of one of the games that I um, I noticed because I had seen it at, back at Pack South in Texas early this year, and so I pointed it out to you because I was like, "Hey, this game's a lot of fun," and it was called Aqua Lungers. Yes, it was. It was a lot of fun. And basically, the the concept of this game is that you are this treasure hunting like scuba diver, uh-huh. and you're both not, like up to four people can play this game, but it was they had it set up where one on where it was one on one, and you you play against each other to drop down in this water, and there's treasure sunken ships at the bottom, and you have to get down there and try to harvest the gold. And you can only carry so much at a time, and there's monster, there's like there's creatures in like the water. kraken, yeah, kraken and, and small like piranha fish and uh-huh. stuff like that, and so not only are you trying to avoid them. And gather gold, but you're also trying to avoid your opponent because they can actually poke you with their like shovel and stuff and cause you to drop gold. The the concept is the first person to have three thousand gold uh, wins. So what you usually gather gold, then you got to swim back up to your treasure chest that's on land and then drop and, it in and, there, and yeah. deposit it, and that's it. That's the game. But surprising, I, I told you I was like this game's fun. Surprisingly, it's a very enjoyable game. Oh yeah, but it's a party game, you know. Like I mean, I don't. If you're by yourself, I don't see how you're really gonna play this game right now. No, yeah. But it's uh, it is a lot of fun. I got to play it like four player uh, in, at Pack South, but here it was you versus me, and I kicked your ass. And I told you, I literally, I said you were like, we only have five minutes before our next our next uh, event that we got to go to. And I was like, don't worry, I'll beat you in less than five minutes. And I beat you in three minutes, sir. Have you considered this? <laughs> have you thought about this? I am just gonna own this, and you are gonna let me have it. Have you considered? Fuck <laughs> you. Let's talk about the next game. <laughs> yep, that was good. That was that was. Uh, you were like, we only have five minutes. I'm like, don't worry. We don't need five minutes. <laughs> Listen, it's like the one time I've beat you in a video game, so I'm just going to take it and own it. Fair. After, that's fair. After everything you've put me through with, with Noobs and Dragons, this is one you're giving me. All right. That's fair. I'll take it. So next game, what do we got? Uh, you had played a little bit of a uh, kind of an interesting uh, action platformer type game. Uh, the name escapes me at the moment. Uh, if you if you keep talking, I probably have the card right here because I <laughs> yeah, so, it was like force something I thought. Yeah, so it was uh, uh, kind of had a retro aesthetic, and you know you you basically run around. You have a like a, a ranged weapon, and you have like a melee weapon, and the enemies occasionally will drop their weapons, and you can like you know equip them, and they have higher attack stats. So there's a little bit of RPG elements there, and you know you you basically were kind of running around. 
uh, you know, fighting these guys. And you had, like, this really cool roll feature where you could, like, dodge aside from their attacks and stuff. And it looked like it kind of got a little tough there. Yeah, it was uh, called Forgone. Forgone. Yeah. And um, basically, like you said, it, it, it kind of felt like Dead Cells. Oh, yeah, That's, yeah. That, that was and, – and the guys looked at me, and they were like, you aren't the first person to say that. And yep. I'm like, and it's not a bad thing. And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> so – um. Yeah. It was. Um. It's by Big Blue Bubble is the uh, developer, and so they're working on getting early access for Steam, and then I think I think uh, at the end of the year, and then for, they're hoping for a release in early 2020. Was for, that what they were saying for console? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was actually really cool. It felt good. The dashing, like the dash slide was really neat because you would watch like an enemy wind up. So what you could do then is dash and try to put yourself on the back side of the enemy and they uh-huh. would they wouldn't be able to turn until they finished their move. So you get shot, you could get, you know, attacks in on them, but at the same time you're also having to pay attention like I dashed but I also have other enemies like shooting projectiles and there's melee enemies and stuff like that. So you might dash and unfortunately put yourself in a worse situation. Yeah. And there were some big characters that when they hit, they take like half your life. Oh, yeah. You ended yeah. up losing, I think, like half your health from like some kind of weird like carnivorous plant thing or yeah. something. It was crazy. So, yeah, it uh, it played a lot like Dead Cells, which is why I instantly kind of like just gravitated towards it. It was like, yeah. this is cool. So, um, yeah, that that one's exciting. We we did get some information from them for an interview as well because we we um, really took a liking to their game. So. Oh yeah, very impressive. It was yeah. it was definitely something we'd like to chat with them about. I uh, I mean, after that, we pretty much just kind of went to the D and D. We went the to the tabletop area. Yeah, the yeah. tabletop. Uh, there's a hotel that was separate from the you know. Uh, convention center that had all the like D and D stuff set up. So we wandered around, looked at dice. Uh, you know, it was, it was definitely, uh, uh, you know, just really cool being able to kind of walk around Seattle and see all this, like, you know, all these great spots set up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, pretty much after that we came here and it was uh, time to do the show. Yeah. One thing that I missed, that I did want to make mention is that I got to see slash play a game called, uh, uh, I think it's pronounced, and I might be wrong, but I think it's pronounced Grek. And it was the uh, Metroidvania game that we saw at the indie booth up up in the oh, sixth yeah. floor. Oh, yeah. And the reason why I wanted to make mention of this is that, obviously, I like Metroidvania games. Yeah. But the interesting angle that they took with this is that there's two characters that you're controlling that you can kind of transition between within this Metroidvania world. so you Yeah, it was like a boy and a girl that you swap yeah, between. Yeah, but they were kind of like Ori-looking, like, like they weren't, it wasn't just a boy and a girl. Like, their characters looked really unique. And it had like, a very similar art style to, like, Hollow Knight. It, it, yes, very Hollow Knight art style. And it, it, I think you are humanoids, but you're kind of, like, dressed up in, like, almost what looks like a wolf's head with with fur yeah, like a, like a barbarian type uh, outfit or something. Yeah, but it's glowing white and stuff like it's not like colored normally and it just it really had a cool look to mm-hmm. it and you would see like the um you know your one character you'd put in like this like cage and then the, because of it it would raise another cage so you would switch to the other character so the puzzle some of the puzzle solving would require you to swap between the yeah. characters it's kind of similar to how we were talking about Guigi and Luigi uh-huh. um but in a Metroidvania setting and it was um it was really cool and they're uh, they're Mexican based uh developer oh yeah and, yeah they were weren't yeah, they yeah and so we got their information as well to uh to talk to so hopefully we can get some more information about their game I also played that uh, sequel to the uh, Gunvolt. Uh, oh uh, yeah, from uh, uh, 
Inti creates. Yeah, Inti creates. That's yeah. right. That was pretty neat. Uh, it, it, it's not necessarily chaotic. Oh yeah, like you, you fast. You you have to like charge an enemy, and then when you charge them, you bounce off them, and then they're weak to your shots. And well, also, like, that's how you target them. Yeah, you know, and then that's how you like lock onto them. And if you don't get hit, you can keep going. If you get hit, you lose like your boost, and you yeah. gotta like pound the ground. And it, it was very frenetic. And it's not necessarily my style of game, but if for anyone who's into that like kind of like fast paced action platformer, I think that that'd be up their alley. Yeah, so that's something absolutely. to look out for. So we got to do a lot of stuff. I'd say this is probably the most we've been able to like interact and, and play at a PAX ever. So I mean, it's been a long weekend. We are tired, and and we've, we've yes, we are. We've I'm done sore. yeah, we have done a lot. So um, we may have missed a few games that that we played. It's not because we didn't enjoy them. I mean, there was besides Stadia, there wasn't anything I touched that I didn't like. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like there was anything that at least I was I was holding in my hands that I thought like, oh, this is trash. Right. Yeah. So that's our that's our hacks like experience. That's our coverage of a lot of these new games. What would you say? Grim is your like shining moment like the the game that you were like this is awesome like this was like the the thing that you were most excited about after you played I mean Borderlands 3 is my triple-a yeah um but but creature in the well is is was just a your low-key kind of that, that, uh, that was my indie that was you know if, if I pick one and one and one it'd be Borderlands 3 um, a lot of people are probably going to ask us about Cyberpunk 2077. I'm just going to let you know that, yes, they released a gameplay trailer, but they had no booth. They yeah, had, nothing. They had, they had no presence in the, in the expedition floor, so it was literally just like a panel. They released that information, and they were gone. And, and a lot No of Microsoft are, either. And that's the other thing. A lot of people are going to be like, what do you mean? You didn't like Gears 5? And that, that's the other problem. Microsoft did not have a booth. They were, Mixer was the only people there. And we did run into a person that worked for Xbox um, that was walking to a panel that Major Nelson, oh, yeah. Major Nelson was going to be giving with Rod Ferguson, Ferguson, who is the uh, the director of the Coalition, who makes gears now. So we got direct, you know, information from them that they're like, well, you know, we just did Gamescom, and. You know, and they then, weren't ready to show off they, the new system or anything. And, and they're not ready to show off the new system. We, I really think they're building up to their London show in November to do that. Oh, yeah. And so, like, realistically, they just didn't see a purpose to be there other than having their mixer booth and, and stuff to, to really, you know, push that um, platform. They weren't, mm-hmm. they're, they're not ready. So um, it was a little disappointing because, yeah, I'm sure I would have. Gears would have been on my list as a top oh, top yeah. contender, but um, but Borderlands, you know, Borderlands had a, a hell of an event. There, the demo was great, and it, it has gotten me very excited to to get that game. Um, and then Creature in the Well was just yeah, it was yeah. unique, fun art i love the art style i love the like every aspect of it i i enjoyed so and then even just interacting with the uh the art director mm-hmm. like you could just you, i just got a great sense of everything and it felt good about it so those those would be my picks what about you i think my uh uh the star for me is uh legend of zelda link's awakening good, I, good. i'm i'm super excited for that anyway and that just showed me because there was a part of me that was thinking like man i don't know like screen transitions and stuff i'm not sure how this is gonna work and everything felt wonderful playing yeah. the game it was just incredibly engrossing i love it i'm gonna sink a ton of time into that when it comes out i think my sleeper hit might be 
which isn't from a, an indie uh, developer, but Trials of Mana. There is a part of me that was like, I don't think I'm gonna like this. I think that I'm gonna I'm be gonna be such a snobby, crabby purist that I cannot appreciate this game. And I played around with it, and it felt very comfortable playing it. So, yeah, you, so you were, it was even even when we like we had given up on the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. And you're like, well, there's trials over there, but I don't know. I don't know if I really care about that. Uh huh. Like, that was even like your comment, and then we got you, like we got over there, and the line wasn't too bad, so we're like, hey, why don't we just try it? Yeah, you you had said you're like, dude, just give it a shot. The line's not that long, yeah. and then you you ended up hopping out, and of course doing a, covering a little bit more footage and stuff. But yeah, it was it was definitely a surprise for me. I I I'm such a shitty snobby purist when it comes to <laughs> retro games that you know it's funny to me that retro remakes of, of these retro games I love are the stars of the show for me. Link's Awakening and Trials of Mana. So I maybe I'm moving into a different direction with my purest views. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, either way, I think we can uh, both agree we had a really good weekend. Yeah, it was we got a blast. to hang out with some amazing people. Uh, we want to thank uh, C.S. Mott's Children's Hospital, uh, J.J. Connor, Andrew, we want to thank uh, Child's Play yeah. uh, with, with Eric. Uh, we want to thank Zach uh, from the from the uh, Gamers Outreach. Yep. Um, all all of these people made things possible for us over these last over this last year to you know help out, make a difference in children's lives, mm-hmm. and and at the same time build these new networks that uh, has helped us be here this weekend and yeah. really really share in a in a great a great convention, a great uh, experience. So it's been a lot of fun. You know, part of me is sad that it's over and that we'll be heading home tomorrow. But at the same time, I am tired. I miss my yes. wife. Uh, you know, I'm, I keep running into these Corgi references. So I miss my dogs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get home because I have a lot of cool new toys that I want to uh, start start using and uh-huh. playing with here for uh, for games. I did pick up a lot of new video games that maybe I'll talk about <laughs> yeah. in a blog or something. Uh, don't have time to go through all the unique games that we found. Yeah. But uh, we did find some cool stuff that's not your ordinary walk into a game store and buy. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so... It's uh, it's been a hell of a weekend. I'm I'm really happy. This is the first time. Like I know it's your first packs, but it's the first time you and I have been able to go on a, on an event or anything together. So first Gamezilla episode I've ever been on. That too, yeah. yeah. So like you know, it's it's been a great experience. I've had a really good time hanging out with Craig. Um, he does so much for Gamezilla, and I've I've told him that time and time again that uh, you know make sure you don't burn yourself out buddy because if you crash and burn a lot of shit crashes and burns <laughs> but at the same you know and that this is me joking around I just I really appreciate we appreciate you and um, you know you did a hell of a job this weekend thank you uh, I, was, I was definitely proud to to have you on the team and and we we were able to achieve a lot this weekend so thank you for that and thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to our patrons once again from patreon.com slash games media where you know a, a lot you guys help us too. I mean some of some of the uh, some of the the proceeds that we have we've earned from you guys that we've worked for you uh, helped helped us with with this trip. Yeah. You know? So um, and allowed us to bring you this type of content that you're listening to right now. So it's uh been good i think we're gonna get ready to wrap this up was there any last words anything that you wanted to say i mean normally we talk about our other shows and stuff like that but we're pushing two hours and five minutes so (laughs) yeah this is uh i mean you know i'm on a bunch of shows on the network i'm sure most of our listeners hopefully know that already and can uh, jump in on my shows if you don't 
It's simple. You go to gameslowmedia.com and you can find everything that we do. Simple as that. And there is a high probability that if you click on a show, I'm probably on it. This is true. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what we're going to do when you actually get busy. And, and we're, <laughs> we're going to be like, hey, um, I actually need to do a few other things. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> When, yeah, it, when we uh, get to that point where we actually have to start paying people, I'm just gonna make sure you you gotta be number one because yes. uh, you, you you do too much. Woo-hoo. But yes. uh, yeah, it's been fun, people. I hope you enjoyed our show. I hope you enjoy all the extra content that we're throwing out there. I know. Uh, shout out to Player One Mickey who's been working hard with all of the video footage that I've been just uploading. <laughs> it's been a I, lot. I don't have time to video edit while while we're out here, so he's been just saying throw it up on the G Drive. He is working on like a highlight reel and stuff for you guys, so you'll be able to catch a lot of that video put together instead of like my little snippets that I've been sharing on Instagram. But he's Federation scum, but I love him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So <laughs> thank you, Player One Mickey. Keep it on our YouTube page and and. Our social media pages for for those videos once they're ready if you want you know some some teasers right now it's it's instagram facebook twitter where i've oh, been yeah. where i've been posting all of that stuff so you should be able to find um some cool things from a lot of the stuff we talked about today so all right everybody thank you for hanging out on episode 276 of the games Little podcast we will be back to our normal show next week um i i don't know how if, if you're listening and you're like hey i'm a patron and i didn't get my muster bus this month because we're in september i'm not that is happening and we have a big month <laughs> we have a very big month of releases i don't know if it's going to happen like real soon or if we're going to save it for next Next, next show, episode. you know, next week. So th- either way, that's where it's going to fall. It's going to fall in that range. You are going to get it. So don't worry. It's coming. Um, but thank you for your patience as we, you know, obviously spend some time here in Seattle. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks again. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on.